Live. We are yes. Uh, yeah. To the various platforms. Shout out the people on Facebook and the Twitch universe and wherever uh. you may be watching. We are here today to bridge the gap with Alex Montagano. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. As y'all know, I do the the thing where I ask people about their lives and we run through it. Uh, typically, we don't talk to politi- political candidates, but then we started doing that and kind of readapted the show a little bit. But basically, we went from creative professionals into this because we realized, you know, when it comes down to English media and conversations, there's a lack thereof when it comes down to decision making. And when it's something like, I don't know, politics or you need to make big decisions in your life, it's super helpful if you're not dealing with translations in your head to like add that extra stress factor to your life. So... Instead of being the wanky whiner of yesteryear, I decided to participate in the process and talk to people. So at the very least, I could make myself an informed decision on who I vote for as much as possible. And that led us to this moment where you are, I guess, the eighth person I've talked to, which is cool because all of y'all talking to me is, is dope, right? Like, from my perspective, it's cool. It feels like more adult than a lot of the things of my past. But... uh <laughs> Right? Like yeah, but there isn't anything wrong for being from for being childish, Holden. So you know, I won't I won't hold it against you. I'm totally <laughs> with it. But sometimes you want to do some good old adult stuff in a childish. Yeah, way. I, I I can see I can I understand that as well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, excellent. So so with that, don't forget, don't forget, I'm the guy who plays with trains. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I saw I, I saw the train set. I think it was yesterday. I went by. Yeah. And yeah. Finally. Wow. It's real yeah. cool. I was like a little like speechless looking at it. It's like every movie train set you've ever seen in terms of the cool, complicated ones, only in real life. And it was dope, like really detailed model work and all that. I, I appreciated the trains. But with that, thank you. the goal is to kind of walk through your life a little bit and we'll get to all the politics stuff. But it's also important to figure out, I feel like, who the people are that we're voting for, because I know a lot of people like to you know, focus on issues, whatever. But since the issues are what they are in local politics, the people are more interesting to me. And so I was hoping you could run us all the way back to the very beginning and tell us where you come from. Like, where are you born into this world? Oh, I was born in Montreal. Uh, I was born, yeah, St. Mary's on Lacombe. So uh, I was born in NDG, (laughs) CDNDG. And uh, I was brought up by a French mother and an Italian father. But on my French side, I have um, Irish. So uh, uh, my um, my grandmother's uh, my mother's mother's mother. So it's my great grandmother was early, and she came over um, uh, during the potato famine and landed in the Quebec City because that was the cheapest ticket available uh, from Ireland to North America. So uh, they ended up uh, in, Ke- in Quebec City, and very tragic story. Uh, she lost both her parents um, to disease on the trip on the way over. And uh, she had an uncle here that um, adopted her, but not her sister. And when her sister heard the news, she committed suicide. So very, you know, very, my family is very rooted in Quebec's history. Uh, I have Langlois, Potvin, Lapierre, Lapierre, excuse me, uh, in my name, Montagno, um, Bellasio, and Early. So uh, I really see myself as, uh, you know, um, uh, a Montrealer. Uh, firstly, 
yes, uh, my identity uh, is uh, as a Montrealer. I've I've kind of given up on on these federal and provincial identities because um, they're very divisive, and I don't really feel that they represent me as a person. And I find that I, calling myself a Montrealer uh, really gives me a local focus as I um, you know I go about go about my life. Yeah, I respect that. I like Montrealer. I mean, Quebec is a hard thing to identify with depending on who you are. And Canada is a weird thing because it's not defined. That's my, Montreal is the clearest label that I can understand of like the local regional identities you could possibly have. So I really like that. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, uh, as I go on about my life, uh, I my, my current philosophy and that may change is, you know, think globally act locally because our, our really our capacity to have an impact on the global environment is limited. And uh, I think that um, in our, in our choices in our everyday daily lives, uh, this is the, 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 the uh, way in which we can have the greatest impact, I feel globally, is by making those small mini decisions, right? It's like the Depeche Mode song, right? Everything counts in small amounts, right? Remember that one? <laughs> I'm sure. So, <laughs> as a Gen X, you know, I got to call back the 80s, right? The techno 80s, the mod 80s, uh, a little uh, bit. Depeche Mode's good. I don't know that song, but I, I, I mess with Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And then the whole identity question, I think also what happens is that in Quebec, um, I was brought up in an English, Anglophone environment. So, like I have French Roman Catholic cultural ha um, uh, um, uh, customs, but I was growing up in English, so I'm like in this weird kind of no man zone, and as many as uh, many of us are, and I I didn't want to get stuck in this whole federal like federal nationalist debate and all this kind of stuff, so that's why again, uh, long winded story, I identify as a Montrealer. I like long-winded stories. This is the right show for that. I know a lot of places might be the opposite, but that's why we do this on live Twitch, long form. It's all good. Um, actually, we just got a question, and I'm all about crowd interaction when that happens. Shout out, Elena. Would you support the move to have Montreal operate as a city-state? Oh, boy, that's a good one. That's a tough question because um, – that kind of is a theoretical question because uh, cities in the province of Quebec are a provincial creation. The provincial government creates us. So uh, without the province, we don't exist um, politically. It's like uh, we're a creation. So, but do I, I, I entertain that concept, you know, Ballarama homeless has come out with uh, Montreal should be a bilingual city. I like that idea. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I just want, I just want people to get along. I just, I really think that this constant, you know, um, uh, 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 debate or arguments over language and cultural purity or cultural programming, it, it really, it, it's really not productive um, for us as a community, as a society. Um, and it distracts us away from getting shit done, right? Like instead of talking about cleaning our streets, uh, about programs, uh, development programs for our children, our seniors, to become sensitized people to environmental issues, to like basically combat global warming and the larger issue of like rampant pollution. We're talking about language and culture. And my attitude and feeling about language and culture is 
let it be, let it flourish. It is what it is. It is a beautiful thing. And life is beautiful and the world is a beautiful place. So, you know, uh, like I tell, I have a little micro story to tell. Uh, I have a client who is Asian <laughs> who grew up in the West Indies. <laughs> so he's Asian with this really thick, thick, thick West Indian accent. It's like listening to Bob Marley. And every time I see him, all I can think about, it's such a beautiful world that we can have this diversity and like, you know, these different people coming together and living different areas and, you know, culture and language and who you are really is a, is an evolution, right? We can't impose that long winded again. Sorry, hold nah, on. That's fair. And I think the interesting <laughs> part though, that like, so, I mean, it's cool because like, it is kind of idealistic uh, to entertain the notion, but from what I understand, if Quebec says no, <clears throat> that's it. Well, you know, people say no all the time and you know people say no to me all the time and uh never give up you know never surrender uh look at me you know i'm i'm running a small borough party cdndg and uh you know and uh it's an uphill battle <laughs> i'm not delusional and um uh, you know, uh, you got to you got to continue the road, right? If you believe in something, you think it's the right thing to do, then stick to it. And uh, you know, I do really do believe do, really do believe in determination. I really do believe in you know over the long term. If people continue, yes, we want this. Yes, this is an, something we should be entertaining. I, I think change is possible, and um, I have hope. If you have to have hope, we don't have hope. What mm. is there, right? Despair, you know. Ah, uh, nah, you got to hope you on that. That's a fair point. If you can also make a compelling enough argument, you can convince somebody's mind. That's that's yeah, a good exactly. Way to spend it, even yeah, if it so, takes a while. But uh, it, it, I I think it'd be very difficult to pull off. And as uh, I've made a decision to focus on CDNEG because again, think locally, act globally. And uh, I think that at that level, um, uh, you know, I can make the biggest uh, and greatest impact. The, the other issue, too, is not just the city of Montreal. It's the borough of CDNEG. It's huge, 170,000 people. It covers a large territory. And CDNDG is the same borough, but even at the community level, community groups, and you have the Conseil Communitaire Côte-de-Neige, and you have the Conseil Communitaire Notre-Dame-de-Grasse, it operates in very separate ways. I'm not even gonna and, lie. I didn't know any of that existed until this week. Yeah, and a lot of people argue, and even Warren Alman, I don't know if people know who Warren Alman was, but he was an MP for a long time with the Liberals, and for a short stint, he was councillor for Loyola, and even he was arguing that the borough was too large and should be two boroughs. And uh, there's this whole conversation that because it's one borough, they can skimp us because we're big, so they don't have to, like, they can give us a smaller budget, they can, you know, it. They, 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 they deny us bilingual status because uh, of Cotonège. Cotonège is more French and has the presence of U of M Munis Montreal. Oh, what do you mean by so, this bilingual status? There's boroughs that can be designated bilingual status. Yes, exactly. And we, we don't have bilingual status. In fact, uh, Sue Montgomery got into trouble because her card had English and French on it. And the OLF uh, came down, the Office of Langue Française, said, no, you can't have French and English. You have to have only French because you don't have bilingual status. The world does not have bilingual status. So, you know, this Yo, is this is a question. Wild. Yeah, this is and and, and uh, the bizarre thing. I don't know if anybody listens to the debate 
on um, uh, that was hosted by uh, Le Conseil um, Développement Côte Neige. Uh, but they, the, the Conseil, right, uh, they asked all their questions in French, which was fine. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> but at the at the end of the, the 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 meeting, they had it. They opened it up to the public, and all the English, all the excuse me, all the questions from the public were in English. So I just found that a, like a disconnect. Why yeah. is it the Conseil is asking all the questions in French, and then at the end, the public's asking all the questions in English? So. Um, uh, there has been this kind of uh, um, uh, drive on the Côte Neige side pour la francisation de la, la quartier comme Côte Neige, whereas NDG you get less that because you know we're more predominantly anglophone community and we don't have like the institutional mm. presence of like institutions like Ottawa Saint Joseph and U of M. So I'm just going to cut for a pause. So to answer the people on Facebook, Ellen and them. I see your questions. We'll get to them. This is dope. You're getting interactions. Uh, right. Hampstead and Montreal West are part of Code St. Luke, if I'm not mistaken, that's not part of Montreal, so they technically don't count in this bigger picture. Yes, they don't. They're not. Uh, Co what happened was that we had a merger in the um, city of Montreal. There was a, a period in, in, in Canadian history. It happened in Ontario as well. Uh, they merged the cities to create less cities, bigger cities, and that happened in Montreal under Bouchard. And a lot of the Anglophone cities in Montreal were were pissed. <laughs> it's no better I word never to describe saw it. My, I never saw they my parents pissed, so willing pissed, to vote. Pissed. <laughs> and and uh, that's that that I, I that would get me sanctioned in most meetings. By the way, Holden, for using the word pissed. So thank you very much Man. for that privilege because I do really feel it expresses the sentiment at the time. So they were pissed. And the Sheree and the Liberals got elected into power. And one of the promises that Sheree made during the election was that they were going to allow them to demerge. And that's what happened. A lot of them did demerge. Hampstead, mm. Coach St. Luke, Westmount, uh, Dorval, uh, Point Claire. Um, I, I was in high I, school for that. I remember it yeah. vividly. I remember, like, because my parents maybe aren't enthusiastic about voting. But I think in that vote, if you didn't vote, they counted you as a no. So you actually actually had to go vote to become a yes. And I vividly remember my parents making a big deal and everybody showing up and the, and everybody I know that was English voted. Oh, yeah. And that that that's the way Sheree organized the referendums was it was it was they, he made all these kind of conditions and parameters that he had to have this many people turn out and this kind of vote. And it was, he set a very tough bar. And that was a way of underhanded way of kind of like preventing the diffusions. But in spite of that, um, Hampstead, Cote St. Luke, uh, Westmount, and many, many former cities uh, demerged. Yeah. And in fact, that I don't know if you know Anthony Housefather, who is the current MP uh, yeah. for well, um, uh, for us. He in, has uh, a very distinct area. name. So I've kind of watched him be on signs my whole life. Right. And his name stands out. Yeah. That's how he started out in politics. He, he was he headed the no vote for... Um, uh, the yes vote for de demerge, excuse me, or I don't know how it was. Yes for demerge, no stay with Montreal, whatever it was, and yeah. that's what that that's that's how he got his big springboard, and then became mayor of Cote Saint Luke. Then after that, he uh, replaced Erwin Erwin Kotler um, for the MP of Mount Royal. Yeah, and he recently won the election. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. I just assume that 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 riding goes red, and that's just the end of it. That's my. That is very it's liberal stronghold. Yo, so I, so is so is uh, Mark Garneau in our yeah, district absolutely. is liberal stronghold, and I'm not happy about that. It has nothing to do with the Liberal Party. 
Uh, I don't like the fact that you have districts that are non-competitive, politically speaking, because because we're not competitive politically. When politicians come to election time, they go, who do we need to bribe to win the election? <laughs> NDG? No. They always vote liberal. Uh, Mount Royal? No. They always vote liberal. So we get, in my opinion, we get the short end of the stick as it goes, as 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 political goods are dispersed. That's that's my my strong nah, opinion. Well, it also, okay, like, <laughs> just to, like, add on to that, because right. sometimes people find it wildly weird that people don't vote. But, like, let's say Mark Garneau is not my guy. I don't know that I'm as motivated to vote in my riding. The same thing happened yeah, to me in Ville yeah. Saint Laurent. I don't remember the dude's name. But, Matt, I looked up the riding of Ville Saint Laurent, and dude right. had held it for 20-something years. And I'm like, oh, so it doesn't really it, matter it's... who I vote for. That right. guy's going to win. Yeah, but 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 we our district did go to NDP during the orange wave, right? The, the problem, the problem uh, ha that was there was that they had a Porto candidate, and she was just dropped there. Never expected her to win, and she won. And she she really never connect connected with the community. She really did not capitalize in the four years to connect with the community to demonstrate that she was a viable long term right. option rather than just a protest vote. So that was an opportunity lost. But, you know, these things happen, It's, a, it's right? a fair point. Um, so, yeah, we did have more questions, which, again, is cool. Um, so, Sandrine, and shout out, Sandrine. Uh, what is Alex's vision for small businesses on commercial avenues in NDG? Excellent question. We have a program for small businesses in NDG, CD, NDG. Now, first of all, as you know, my mantra is that the borough of CD, NDG is underfinanced we're, we're and not only are we underfinanced we don't get a proper operational budget for everyday needs that means picking up the garbage clean the parks we also in terms of investments are, are we get screwed as well we get one of the smallest investment um portfolios in the city and uh because of that uh Wait, what do you mean by that well that means the city right makes decisions where they're going to invest money like for example uh, let's build a market. Let's revamp St. Hubert City. Let's put, uh, you know, ma uh, entertainment infrastructure. Uh, it could be anything. It could be like um, uh, beautification of commercial streets like Sherbrooke where Sandrine has her store. And we're, we're really not getting our fair share of what we deserve as a community. You can see it in our streets. We really don't have the same uh, dynamic uh, streets as we see in other boroughs. And there's also other issues in the sense that Monklin is prioritized over Sherbrooke. So, but I really think what's happened in CDNEG is that our borough has been designed primarily centered around the automobile. And we need massive investments to, to um, reorient our community locally. And this is very important for two reasons. First reason is the environmental concern. The second reason is that where where whole economy is going through internet sales, big Amazon, eBay, we're buying a lot of stuff online. So we have to find creative ways to support our local business owners. And the way we can we do that is by creating a, a, a pleasant shopping experience. People still want to go out and shop. They don't want to buy everything online. They want to go to a, a destination. They want to um, you know they want to grab tea, a lunch, and be able to shop and and experience uh, an outing with the family. And the problem with CDNEG is we haven't made those investments. So part of my business pro program is by identifying villages, right? So 
For example, Sherbet's a village that, that services the area around it down to the tracks, let's say up to Monklin. <laughs> and then you got Summerled. They, they're kind of a village servicing the community around there. That's fair. And then you've got uh, Victoria Street that's servicing the community there. So let's make investments there. Let's encourage entrepreneurs to open stores to provide provide local oriented products and services. Because quite frankly, if they're not providing some unique service or product that's local or is unique, there's no way anybody's going to be able to compete with Amazon. So a city has an important role in my mind. Uh, on 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 encouraging that type of economic activity and creating sort of the 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 environment in which it can prosper. So we have a full program on that. Go to cdn-ndg.com. It's there. Read it. I like it. It's a great program. Thank you. you me Thank you for that question, Sandrine. Thank yeah. you very much. I got to give you a lot of props for the level of depth you have in your answers. No, no, no shots to the other candidates, but relative to anyone else I've talked to, that's some serious level of like, I'm ready for these questions. <laughs> Next question. Come on. I really, I love this stuff. So I, I want like, one people. At the moment, one more. I mean, before we jump back in, because you still got like, there's still, I'm so curious about you. But like Elena's got another question and she's sure. like, thanks for the answer to my question above. She appreciates it. Here's another. With Quebec's target to stop selling gas-powered vehicles by 2035, recently moved from 2025, what would be your priority to ensure NDG is ready for this massive shift? And as I understand, there are some logistical housing concerns for electric vehicles. Yeah, okay. So um, a bit of a repeat of the last question. Remember I was talking about villages? Okay, so what happens now with the central city, the central city takes our money. We give half a billion dollars to the city each year in tax, half a billion dollars. So in a four-year mandate, that's $2 billion that we give the city uh, in, in taxes. What does the central city do with that money? They take our money. They give us a peon, peanut, minuscule little budget to occupy for our needs. And they make very little investments here and they invest it downtown and they invest it elsewhere because the mentality of the central city and it continues to be the mentality of the central city in spite of all the green talk we get from Project Montreal is they expect or their expectation of people in Cote d'Ange and Ingi is that we're going to jump in our cars or we're going to take public transportation and we're going to go downtown where the shops are, where the entertainment is, where everything is. And I, 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 what we're seeing, what we're seeing is a transformation of boroughs like Plateau, um, Rosa Montpetit. Um, 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 I'm sorry, I'm having a brain moment right it's now. Good. Uh, it's Benoit Doré's borough, which gets lots and lots of money, <laughs> and he he controls the purse springs. And it's I'm having a real uh, Plateau. It's not the Plateau. It's where Griffintown is. Um, okay. What what is that borough called again? Okay, forgive me. So, my point which I'm getting lost on, is that what we need to do is invest in creating villages to encourage people to shop locally. So when it comes down to the green green initiative, the green environment, like I said before, our neighborhood has been designed it's around the automobile. Uh, no, it's not St. Henry. No. I can't believe it. For Sudwest. It's yeah, called Sudwest. That's what it is. It's Southwest. It's Sudwest, Sudwest, yeah. next to NDG that's English. Benoit Doré. <laughs> Uh, that let's go. Uh, uh, I hope that I answered that question. And I was, I, I know there's a lot about electric cars and charging stations. So, so and you garages. sort of started to answer it, but you didn't actually uh, say what we would do about it. 
again, it's about the village's concept, right? Uh, you need to reduce car use. So to me, it's not so much about electric cars, gas cars, whatever the case may be. It's about getting people out of their cars. And how do we do that in Cote d'Azur and Niji? We do that by investing in our communities and investing in commercial arteries and creating that shopping experience. So really, you know, I, my my most pleasant moments in CDNEG are walking from my home. I don't take my car and go down to Sherbrooke where Sandrine has her store and uh, cater. Um, I'm a big I'm a collect vinyl record. That's my kind of pastime other than trains. And I go to Encore Records and I buy records and I stop and have tea. There's an Iranian restaurant there, Saranj, if I remember correctly, its name. I apologize if I get it wrong. Play a couple of games of backgammon. It's like the, the experience of going out, um, interacting with people in your community, feeling a sense of community. So we need to build upon that. And I think that when you get back to the car, car, uh, um, how do you say, uh, when we talk about automobiles and cars and their roles in our society, I think what we need to do is, um, move away from automobiles, try to get people back on the streets, try to get kids to walk to school again. Uh, and yeah, bicycles are part of that formula. And here's the shocker. Is everybody ready? Is everybody ready? After all the, the blowback we had over bike pass and all that kind of stuff, I believe in bike pass. And I would love to see a bike path connecting NDG to Cotonouche and the mountain. And we don't have one. We don't have a bike path that allows us to connect from NEG to the mountain. Uh, it's a great ride. I've done that many times. Uh, when I was in better shape prior to the pandemic, now I'm a fatty. <laughs> I used to climb the mountain. <laughs> and I can't do that anymore. I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't know what happened to me. I apologize. I'm, I'm hanging my head in shame. It's okay. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's life adapted over the course of the pandemic. All right. Sorry about that. All Anyways. right. No, but Next that's fair. question. Uh, well, that was was it. that a? F that was like it, I uh, from like the ones from the things, but I was more also curious about you and like just your journey through life, right? Because the other part of like you have your platform, but who is Alex Montagino? Because I know that you are a guy on that was there, and then people have opinions about you. And I know that you do some landscaping kind of work or something to that effect. No, like, I'm a, I'm not a landscaper, general contractor. See, yeah, like, so not I fix I fix old NDG Cotonouche NDG homes. That's my specialty. So uh, I um I um I repair, re renovate, and restore. Uh, I do extensions, bathrooms. I do the full gamut, full full guts as well. Uh, but my my sort of um, position in the market is to help people who own older homes uh, to renovate them in a way that maintains their character. And I'm really big on maintaining the character of the older energies because they're just gorgeous, beautiful homes, just absolutely stunning. Some of these homes that I work on, and um, I really enjoy the work. And like I told you before this meeting started, I spent the day today basically uh, dealing with um, um, a hot water heating system of an old NDG home. And um, these heating systems are phenomenal, by the way. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, I always uh, am in like shock when they people rip these hot water heating systems in to put HVAC. First of all, the houses were never designed to accommodate the the conduits of HVAC systems. And um, and it, it, and they damage the home, and it's really hard to like, um, uh, um, like uh, maintain the character of the home with an HVAC system. So you know, this is what I do. I love it. 
It's a great job. It's challenging. It's difficult. Always headaches. Nothing. Nothing standard. It's all custom work because you know these were the old days, right? In the 20s, the 30s, uh, when they built things uh, old school. Uh, all a lot of they built. Uh, they didn't have excavators to dig out to put the foundation. They dug those things out by hand. And <laughs> so it, it's it's quite something to see the workmanship back in those days. And it was good. They took pride in the work. The crap I see in older homes has nothing to do with the original construction. The crap that I see is all the hackers that came after the fact. So I have a lot of respect for the original um, uh, builders and tradesmen that operated in CDNEG. Really good, good tradesmen and impressive. And uh, so that's that's part of my life right now. And I've also spent uh, my life in, in, in environmental services I, I worked for a company that uh, supplied um, products and services um, to deal with contamination, right? Huh. And then, and then prior to that, I spent about 15 uh, years in the IT sector. So I sold computers. I was I was a computer nerd at one point. Really liked computers. Um, and um, I worked for ViewSonic, LG Electronics, um, um, Xerox, um, 3D Effects. Uh, many of these names people don't remember because as a lot of things in the IT sectors, uh, they get big and then they disappear and everybody forgets about them. And then, um, and then my education, I, I went to high school in NDG and um, I went to Concordia and McGill and completed a BA in politics. So politics has always been an interest of mine, but in, in university, I studied more developmental politics vis-a-vis uh, -vis developing countries like Africa and um, but after I finished my uh, BA, went, uh, I continued my studies and did graduate studies in business because I just needed to complement that degree because it was very hard to find a job as a politician in Quebec as an Anglophone. <laughs> that wasn't happening. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> and oh, yeah. And one of the most um, impactful uh, things that happened to me in my life is uh, after I finished CJEP, I decided to go travel um, in, in West Africa. And, um, and that really gave me an insight and outlook and into life um, that I, I wouldn't have had if I hadn't done that. And the biggest thing I learned by traveling through Africa, backpack, I traveled through Sahara Desert, uh, almost lost my life, my life twice. <laughs> uh, I went through a war zone um, and just saw just absolute extreme poverty that I've never seen in my life. Just it, it just people living really. Uh, on the edge, just it was just shocking uh, how uh, how people could live with so little. And uh, one of the thing, I, the most important thing I learned from that experience is that people are naturally good. People are good people. Like all over the world, people their 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 fallback position or their starting point is goodness. It's the other. It's all the crap that gets in the way of that that poisons us. So I really have a lot of faith in. Uh, humans and their their capacity for good yet at the same time you know they, we can be complete and total pigs you know the way we treat our planet uh, and the way that we treat each other lack of understanding and um yeah so you know it's a yin yang kind of situation right we're we're definitely an animal of contradictions yeah i totally appreciate that so at what point are you going through all of this life journey of various careers and you're like, I'm going to decide to run for office and become the mayor? I was living in Lacombe. I had just bought my first home. Uh, my, my, my firstborn, I had my first son. 
And I just couldn't believe what like a mess the neighborhood was. The, I was going to the park with my son, uh, Park Mackenzie King. And it was just a mess, litter everywhere, the streets strewn with garbage. Uh, and it was a combination of things. Uh, um, uh, you know, like uh, primarily the city was just not doing its job. Uh, and uh, I, 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 I um, went to an urban, I started, I went to an urban planning meeting that they were having for the borough of Cotonej and EG. And that's where I met Applebaum for the first time in my life. And I have to say, with absolutely honesty, Holden, are you listening to me? Like I immediately hated the guy. <laughs> didn't like this guy. I just he was such an arrogant SOB. I couldn't believe it. He tried to blow me off. And I'm like, I came out of my way. I I actually prepared a, a PowerPoint presentation on my ideas of on dealing with garbage removal and like how to reduce the, the traffic um, congestion and how the traffic was killing our neighborhoods. And he completely blew me off. And that's how I started in municipal politics. It was that, 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 that uh, instant. And Marcel Tremblay was there. That was Gerard Tremblay's uh, brother. Uh, Gerard Tremblay, as you know, resigned over corruption. And Marcel left, uh, you know, shortly thereafter. Marcel was the um, counselor for the district of NDG. Yeah. So I, I've been at this for a really long time, Holden, 20 years, right? So how old are you again? 33. Yeah. So when you were 13 years old, that's when I got involved in municipal politics. Yeah. That's, long time. That's why. Yeah. So you got in yeah. because the mayor was mad, was mean to you, or the city councilor was not. Well, I wasn't mean to me. He just wasn't interested in listening to me and it clearly wasn't being responsive to my concerns. And uh, I just couldn't believe like the, uh, the manner in which our borough was being managed. And even to this day, you know, like, uh, I, 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 I guess that we, I, it, 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 it frustrates me. I, I guess that what I find is people in NG kind of like, we accept the situation because I don't know, is it, we don't know any better or it's like a frog that's in a, in a pot and you heat up the water slowly until it boils and doesn't realize it. <laughs> we just accept the situation in CDNDG that basically treats us like second-class citizens in our own city. And the irony of it all is that we're a cash cow. We're an economic powerhouse. We are one of the largest contributors to the city's finances and they just skimp 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 on us all the time because they expect to take care of ourselves and you know for a certain degree a certain uh, a certain way yeah we do take care of ourselves but you know it's our tax dollars now we pay for it and the the thing is other boroughs have better services better infrastructure than we do and we're paying for it how does that make any sense it doesn't make any sense so uh i i i um i'm very passionate and um uh I consider myself a passionate person, but I'm also very analytical and uh, I've done the numbers. I've punched the numbers. I've gone over them again, again, correlation analysis. You know, I've gone through the budgets for the last 15 years and I tell you, it's bad. It's just bad. There's no way else to describe it. It's just, it's just not fair. It's bad and it's wrong. And, um, None of our local politicians talk about it because they don't want to draw attention to it because then they have to start asking questions like Lino Perez. You know, this guy, he's basically a creation of Michael Applebaum. He replaced Sally Sadell, who was arrested on corruption. Uh, very dirty politics in the borough CDNEG. 
very dirty. And, um, you know, here is a gentleman. He was he was mayor of the borough when Applebaum was arrested, uh, uh, when Sally Sadal was arrested. Um, and um, we had the, the director of permits and um, inspections committed suicide. It's like really bad shit went down. And 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 then uh, we discovered just a couple, uh, I think it was a year ago, they did an audit, an anti-corruption year audit in the borough of Cotonej. And we discovered that the borough of Cotonej has no anti-corruption policy. How is that possible? I just don't understand that. <laughs> I like, I want Perez to answer that question. Why is it that you did not implement an anti-corruption policy in spite of all the crap that went down in our borough? How is that possible? I just don't get it. So, yeah. So, And then the other aspect, the negative aspect or the depressing element of politics and CDNEG is that people don't vote. Yeah. So because people don't vote, you have a very small group of, of people who basically decide who wins the election. And these are the people who don't like me because <laughs> I don't like them because really they're hijacking the democratic system and they're fine with that. And I'm not. And um, uh, I think this is a big problem internationally. We've, we've seen kind of like, you know, people are starting to a- ask the question, right? What's happening to liberal democracies all over the world? Where did these people like Trump show up? Why do we, why are we having identity politics showing up? It, it's, you know, we're really at a crossroads in terms of democracy and it's like people, I don't know what people, I guess my wife feels that um, people have turned themselves off from politics because it's just, they feel it's a wasted exercise and that's unfortunate. And, and also politics has a bad name and uh, that kind of, uh, I studied politics and life is politics, right? We, you know, we turn on the water. There is politics that was involved in bringing water to the house. In fact, the water meter contract was a source of, um, you know, um, corruption, political corruption in the city, garbage collections, political. And people say, oh, I don't want to talk about politics. <laughs> How can you not talk about politics? It's everywhere. <laughs> I think it's everywhere. because of, yeah, I mean, my, my experience with people on these kinds of subjects is like this. Right. If you don't understand it and you don't understand how you can be involved in it, it's just stress. I mean, I agree. But the question we have to ask ourselves is why don't we understand it? Because our elected representatives don't want us to understand it. Because if we understood it, people would be engaged. They'd be asking questions. They don't want people asking questions. Also, like Quebec politics, since since I've been an adult, right? Like Quebec politics has never been about anything. Like I look at the election issues, right? And it's Mm -hmm. um, language and immigration almost exclusively sometimes an education gets thrown in i'm like you know it's weird nobody in quebec talks about economy really quebec politics yeah i agree i agree quebec politics is is taken hostage over like language uh uh, cultural issues i mean and and identity politics it extends to like here right yeah like i mean i i look at it like then you get to the other side of it so one thing is the issues that ever get discussed are weird. The other side of it is like, you know, it's corrupt and it's confusing, but like, I didn't really understand how the Montreal electoral system worked. The website's atrociously bad, by the way. 
The city of Montreal has a very bad website. I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> Try to navigate the urban planning department's website. It's gotten better of late, but it's just horrible. It's horrendous. They basically want you to figure things out yourself. Yeah, I agree. But then you like reach this situation where it gets abstract and people talk about housing crises and whatnot. And I guess people don't fully understand the levels of government. I went to cadets, so I got to explain levels of government via cadets, and I appreciate them for that. And there's a lot of confusion between stuff. Even sometimes the questions I've seen when I said, do y'all have questions? I'm like, that's not really a Montreal question. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if the mayor of you the are city so right. councilor can help you with this abstract. And I don't mean like something like the Montreal city state. I mean, I've seen some abstract, like, you know that's federal, right? Like level of questions that come in sometimes and you're like, so I don't think people understand the system a lot. I, um, I don't I don't just, I don't blame people. I don't just blame people for that. I blame our MPs and our MNAs for that because they're not accessible. Uh, that's true. I tried to tweet at Mark Garneau a couple yeah. of times and he didn't yeah. answer me. But they're, I mean- They're not accessible. And we, ha and we have a question period at the municipal level. So that's the only public forum we currently have on the local political level for people to express their opinions in a variety of subjects. Yeah. And I, I could go on with that. And our, 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 our counselors and our mayors discuss issues that are not, they're outside the city's mandate. And they do that. <laughs> it's very simple because they can, they can make themselves look good by giant bandwagging on these like feel good so, so issues. What's an, what's an issue that's outside the city mandate? Um, for example, uh, food, <laughs> healthy foods, choices, people. That's a federal issue. That's a provincial issue. It's not a, it's not a city mandate. Uh, what's another thing that's not in the city mandate? Uh, here's another one. Um, the price of houses. The price of houses, affordable housing is a big, big problem. But the city's powers to deal with that problem are extremely limited. Extremely limited. This is about national interest rate policy. Uh, this has to do with uh, it's not just Montreal. This is happening North American wide with the, the quick rise of home prices. Um, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, uh, speculation that's happening. Uh, you know, the city's capacity to really have an impact in that domain is extremely limited. It's not something the city really can have a, a, a big impact on. And the other big problem right now internationally, and I don't want to talk a lot about it because it's not about the city, is that people are over leveraged. They're, they're too much debt and people become addicted on cheap, cheap financing and that, that can't continue. Uh, so um, it, it's a big problem. So what's another issue? Social housing to a certain degree. When, when Ballarama Wholeness and Valerie Plant are making their big massive pro promises, 50,000 units, 60,000 units, all dependent upon um, uh, provincial funding. And that's, that's the beauty, right? So they can make that promise, right? And then uh, if the provincial government doesn't come through, they go, oh, it's not my fault. I made that promise, but the government didn't give me the money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you shouldn't have made that promise in the, in the, for, for the, in the begin with. And I'll tell you, I've been, I've been involved in, in, I think, four municipal elections now. And every election, social housing comes up. Social housing. It's, a, it's, it's, so not, a, what about it's not a new the issue. issue of condos versus social affordable housing. Is that more of a city issue? Well, the city, the city can... Um, encourage uh, the construction development of rental units and it can do things like prevent conversions of existing houses to condos or co-proprietorships to maintain the rental stock. 
Um, so there is a role they can play there. Yes, uh, they have a they have a capacity to act in the sense if they to issue permits, so they can control what is being built. But the problem is, is that um, uh, the construction sector, and I know I'm in the construction center, and I say this, I don't do any new construction. I'm a renovator. I work on older homes. I'm a renovator restorer. So I have no nothing to gain or no interest in condo development. But condo development is very important to cities because what it does is it improves, uh, it increases densification. So if you have more people living in a smaller area, it's a lot cheaper for the city to service this this group because um, uh, for public transportation, uh, they ha it's a much larger dense population uh, in terms of investments and in infrastructure. It, it becomes that math starts to make a lot more sense and the tax base exists to do it. If you have people spread out over a massive territory, it becomes very expensive to support public transportation systems to trans people over long extended um, air, um, uh, commutes, especially if you're serving servicing towns like a 5,000 people or something like that. So, but Laval got its metro station, right? <laughs> That's like, if you do the math on the Laval metro station, it doesn't make any sense, but they got it because Laval has political clout. It has more political clout than Montreal does. Remember that was Vian Carlan. He's uh, the one who uh, uh, got caught with uh, very, very corrupt. <laughs> it's incredible what happened, Laval. It really another example of just like the rampant corruption that is um, part of Quebec's history. It's an unfortunate history of, of Quebec. Yeah, that's fair. I I was honestly appreciative of that metro because it's made me going to Laval a lot easier when those few times yes. I had to. But I've never but, but, looked but, at we, the economics of how it got done and who yes. paid for it and all yes. that good stuff. It's the money. Like, w would we have been better served by extending the blue line? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I think the money would have been better spent there. <clears throat> now, remember, investments in infrastructure uh, in Quebec don't necessarily mean that they make sense. They make sense because they're, you know, trying to, you know, in many many instances, they're 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 designed. To win favor and win votes and there there are definitely a lot of political considerations just look at our investment budget which sucks <laughs> so uh, as it as it goes with the central city when it comes to political considerations um cdneg uh is is always getting you know short changed right i could use stronger language but uh i don't That's know are, are, are children listening to this program I'm, no there's no there's not a universe where a child is like let's go listen to the municipal politics <laughs> no like, there isn't you're like yeah no it's not fun but that but that that's a good point you bring up because we should start studying i mean we should start teaching civic studies in high schools again Facts. And, and we don't do that you know also, we don't tell people we I don't tell people about this i think um if politicians did just say fuck I would be more comfortable with the situation. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> it's it's it's, just, it's one of those things I think about a lot, right? Like, right. <laughs> most people. I feel like I feel like I'm going to win your vote if I swear on this show. So, but I can't I mean, do that. I'm not that's, like, that's like necessarily <laughs> like personally as inclined to to be that easily dissuade or or convinced over something so superficial, but. It would make me take you more serious and listen if I knew you were like real in a sense. Like, 
I feel like my issue a lot of times is you talk to a politician and they don't they don't feel very like authentic. Like I go to work, everybody swears. Okay. I, I'm in the construction business, Holden. <laughs> you wanna you wanna get real? We can get real real quick, man. But like <laughs> you my, wanna see me swear? <laughs> I mean, I thought where I'm going with it, but I'm saying like like we're not exactly like forty years ago where like people had the same decency standards and like there's not really censorship on TV the way it used to be. Like the radio lets the F words fly depending on what station it you know, like it's it's right. kind of a different world. Like Adobe has flat out had the F word appear in one of their ads. And I was like, this is a beautiful future for me. So it's like, <laughs> like the question. Of, it, it's I, because the word has become normalized. That's for sure. Whereas when I was young, man, that was, that was a kind of, that was a word that would get your mouth clean with soap. So, mm, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, but like your, your lady friend bunny has a good point. Maybe politicians could visit high schools and talk about what they do. Like that would be yeah, and I I think that also, um, you know, I think that if you could get people involved at a much younger age about you know the importance of local affairs and uh, to be engaged in your community, and I think it's also an important um, 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 uh, step or um, it's an important thing that we need to do to build a better or a better sense of community to get people together more. And, you know, arguing is okay. I have, like, I think that if we argue and people have arguments and get upset, you know, there's a lot of talk about toxic comments online, which is true. There's a lot of people who really, you know, uh, are really uh, not being uh, productive or constructive contributors to that form. But I think that, for people to think that we sh we can have conversations and that people get upset, that's not a good thing. I think that people getting upset means that people care. So I I, I kind of have like kind of um, a mixed bag feeling on that. And um, so, so like people getting upset isn't inherently an issue. When people talk about people getting on you know, online is weird. You have literal trolls that are like yes deliberately hurting people, and you have people yes. that will effectively bully people. And yes, I, like part of my day job is community guidelines. I get to sometimes I get to make judgment calls about is this something we delete or not based on does it right. violate the rules. So I have a lot of experience looking at the subtle nuances of your uh versus I feel this is a uh. and these are very big nuances at like a, a subconscious level of linguistic interpretation. But um, yeah, so like I don't think there's an issue with like freak honestly your post about lionel today that's some good beef that y'all neglected to do um as in there's no there's no reason for me to care outside of like if there's a little bit of issues and, and something that i can attach to but then when we ran through most of the issues of ndg i'm like man i don't even care about most of these issues that the politicians are talking about because i don't have kids i don't ever think about park cleanliness because i don't have kids Right. I didn't even notice the cracks in the street until people were taking pictures of it. So clearly, I right. never thought about cracks in the streets my whole life. But you're an artist, right? You're an artist, right? I'm also like 33 and from this like era. So as much as I'm an artist, I'm still like tapped into like there's the world of parents and non-parents. And that's, right. I think, a distinction is like there's a like a lot of people. So all the younger generation skews super heavy to non-parent. And I'm just a 33-year-old that has a lot more of the interest of non-parents, right? So what I believe is, like, what, half the population doesn't have kids? I don't know the real number. But I'm going to assume 
a lot of people don't have kids. I don't really think anybody talks to them. I think that a lot of politicians focus on homeowners. So unless yes. you're a married they adult vote. with kids with homeowning. They vote. That's why. Yeah, that's why. So like back they to vote. that like by design concept. So if all the political considerations focus on the demographic of homeowners with kids, and I, I was put in my place. Apparently, some people canvas apartments, but I've lived in apartments my whole life in Montreal, never been canvassed yeah. one time. Gen politicians generally do not canvass apartments, no. So it's like, and I realistically, that's more dense and lower income tiers. Let's be real. Yes. So it's and like- less li and, le and less likely to vote. I'm not saying that other, just for the record, I'm not saying other people don't notice the dirty side. I'm saying I never did. And that was just like, yo, crappy snow removal, though. That Everybody in the world notices the bad snow removal. And there's a story behind that. Well, we'll go there now, later if you want. But Yeah, for sure. I want yeah. to go through as much of it. Um, So I guess it's like, but when I hear the issues, it's not like we talk about snow removal. That didn't even come no. up one time. Nobody talked about yeah, it. Yeah, because we're not in the middle of the winter. That's right. If the election was in January and February, you'd be I bet your bottom dollar we'd be talking about snow removal. Because unfortunately, our collective memory is very short. Mm. And uh, and uh, November is a great time to have an election uh, because it's not in the middle of the hot, sweltering summer when everybody's at um, their cottages. And the other reason why it's great to have elections in November is because you know, fall is generally uh, pleasant. It's you have nice. the changing colors. It's nice, you know, and people are in a generally, you know, they're around. Kids are back at school and and it's a good time for politicians, right? Because uh, the failures of our um, uh, of our services is, is less, uh, in my mind, visible uh, because our parks are not being taxed so much because kids are in school and because they have the foliage and the grass gets green again because it's not being burnt by the summer. And, and, uh, so, you know, there's, there's politics behind that too. Why is the, the election in November and not in January, wow. December? I never yeah. thought about that. I see that point. Again, our snow removal sucks, right? Real what bad. happened was that, yeah, under Copeman, which Perez was an important member of that administration, but Perez won't answer to that, of course, um, uh, they centralized snow removal services. So being the nut job I am. <laughs> I I made an access information request for um, the complaints for snow removal. And after snow removal services are centralized, they spiked, they went through the roof. So, um, uh, you know, that was a failure. And that, that policy decision was a failure. And the other main huge failure of that was that uh, they deducted our budget by $17 million. So they took the money away from us to deal with our local snow removal uh, needs. And um, what happens is that if we have a particularly severe uh, winter and we have like uh, more than a number of truckload removals of snow, they ding us. They charge us extra. So they take they take money away from our already meager, you know, small, minuscule, <laughs> crappy budget. And and then um, uh, the inverse of that is that if we have a mild winter, right, and they have a huge surplus. Uh, in the snow budget, we don't get that money back. The central city keeps it. And I do remember uh, several instances under the uh, Applebaum administration where when they had surpluses in the snow budget, we were able to invest that in the community. It became became a surplus the community was able to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So that's a deal that Perez did. So thank him for that. <laughs> I feel that. So like even as we're talking about all this, I'm like, I'm sitting here going, man, if I'm 18... I don't give a shit about any of this. 
What are the now, so how does like like let's think about this practically then? So if nobody right, right, can right. connect to young people, right? And I'm gonna go with the childless and the more you skew young, the more yes, 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 you're yes, gonna yes. find with that. Right. What are the incentivizations for a young person to actually care? Like even um, at that point, what is the benefit to a let's say a 20 year old's life if the city goes in a good way? Well, like it's a no matter what the demographic is, you're not going to be able to appeal uh, to all people all the time. It's just not possible, right? It's just politics, right? So it it's kind of like uh, you're trying to do buckshot, hit as much people as possible. Um, so, in terms of uh, my perspective and idea of engaging young people, first of all, we need to modernize our election system, right? Uh, this idea that a lot of young people are not on the roll, uh, not registered, and they actually have to physically leave, I mean, go to a location to sign up to be registered to be on the election roll. That's just bullshit. No young person's going to do that, right? They, they register for the courses online. They do everything online. Yet the city thinks they're going to, you know, walk down or go to an obscure office in the borough to sign themselves up to vote. And young people are like, what the hell is this? Why can't I sign up online? They should be able to. And I'm also uh, open to the idea of, of online voting. Like we should allow people uh, to online vote and we should use the tools that are available. Like I spent 15 years in IT and IT isn't a powerful thing. And look at this meeting we're having right now. We're both in our respective homes and we're able to have a conversation and discuss things. And, you know, we're making eye contact. Why isn't that the, our, our counselors weren't able to do that with council meetings? Uh, they basically shut them down uh, mm -hmm. under the guise of the pandemic, operated behind closed doors. It, it's just, it really. Yeah, that one's it, wild. The, okay. That's a that's wild. Depressing. That's a wild thing to me. So like, <clears throat> I do want to go back to the kid thing, but like, but I, I, I no, but I want to go. I want to. I, I want to understand yeah, but I, why the council would shut down and not like why isn't the Zoom calls public and stuff? Like to me, like it's wild. Like it is that easy to do this it is it's 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 like it's zero it's, cost it's, oh, sorry zoom cost me twenty dollars a month that the the uh <clears throat> the um my 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 um feeling on it is they like it that way and you know look at look at and look at uh what happens in the elections like i'm gonna use lenio perez again because uh you know I, he deserves it he has his accountable for his track record his account as a is a you know his um, his track record uh, is he he wins his district. He's never won the popular vote. Uh, he has the worst participation rate in the city in the in the borough. Like only twenty three percent of people vote. Eligible voters vote. Only twenty three percent. So he's winning elections with like nine percent of eligible voters, and he's only got a spread of two percent, like six hundred voters. And what has Perez done? To improve democracy what has he done to get people out to vote how is he like has he ever raised this issue never no he's against he's against changing the electoral system he's against uh term limits he he he, uh, he favors what they call preferential voting <laughs> preferential voting that's preferential to him so this this is the toxic um broken system which we find uh, ourselves which we're involved with in cdng and the other thing too is that which I, I really i'm i don't think it's just cdn and dg i think that yeah, no it's it's a larger issue but again i think globally act locally i, I, hear, I gotta I, hear, I, hear. I gotta focus on my piece i because I, I can't i can't change the world so um yeah so um 
No, you're absolutely correct. And there's a lot of gerrymandering going on, right? We see that in the States. It's called gaming the system, right? So you gain the system. So uh, the election results uh, are uh, favorable to you, whatever like, uh, it is. Redrawing right? the lines of the district yes. in order to like, move voters yes. in the right make it hard. Make it harder for poor people to vote in apartments. They have to go to some yeah. office so, like, to get them the register. Back to like, that like, younger yeah. voter question. I'm going to be real yeah. with y'all. Old people, anyone probably over the age of 40 is not going to like where I'm going to go with it, but it's basically like y'all oh, been... I'm, under, I'm over 40, by the way. And I, and, and <laughs> I say it because I get the same resistance. Like People are... Right, right. People so if only 30 percent of people are voting stop trying right. to talk to them and talk to the other 70. like evidently what you're doing isn't connecting with the other because i think the federal election had a 32 percent turnout rate this time around. yeah it's bullshit so it's that, like so it's, that it's, means it's, to it's me ridiculous everybody's it's like insane. so everyone's gambling <laughs> on the same 30 percent and ignoring the other 70 percent exactly is, that is my perception of the situation it, it's absolutely um, true it doesn't take into account reality now I'm personally a public figure in the making in my head. Now I chose this right. life, but every politician's a public figure by choice as well. Right. Why are the social obligations of me as a public figure who isn't even employed by people different than that of a politician that is taking my money? Off a, I, I very much expect my politicians to have people on staff to answer my questions, even if they don't do it themselves. I expect the politicians to create content on social media to communicate their ongoing ideas. Like if I was in charge, I can tell you the only thing I would do really different is y'all would see me being like Viva Frey, where I'm on YouTube all the time telling you what's right. up. And yeah. I absolutely know how little it costs to produce a bad YouTube video, which is all I expect from my politicians. And I know for right. a fact it's a fear of change and an unwillingness to sacrifice the four hours it would take them to learn how to do it. That's it. Right. So well, I've, going... done, I've, done, I've done some videos. I did a video, which I'll share at the end of this um, podcast on what happened in uh, Snowden in the last municipal election to outline uh, why our system's broken. And then... And, uh, and it's, but I I haven't done a lot. But then and it's I like, find even more than that, right? I know right. there's going to be a knowledge gap. So let's say I'm going to run for politics. Right. I'm going to go hit up a university two years in advance and start fishing for people that want to be on board with skills I need. Yeah. And like I feel like people treat the city municipal thing very last minute and are used to canvassing door to door and that that they never really considered every other evolution to online marketing that businesses have adapted to from like snail mail to like now like i don't know i'm sure there's mailing lists i'm sure there's like stuff that people do but yo for the last five years it's been far too like donald trump had youtube channels and stuff like, i don't want to bring him up but like he really wrecked politics and won so like Evidently, the old rules don't make a lot of sense in the current climate because you don't have to follow them to win. You have to get attention to win. And so it's like if everyone here is addicted to American political cycles, how are people going to come through with like calm, boring Montreal stuff and expect to make some noise and make anyone care? And for the salary of a city councillor, I'm kind of like y'all should work a little harder to get that money, to be 100% honest. I'm going that... The number of people I've talked to who have kind of told me that they can't do things I'm willing to do for my dreams as extra time is a little weird to me. Oh, I don't get paid is an excuse you don't accept it from an entrepreneur. So I don't know why I would accept the no from a political candidate. So I'm like looking at it like every time you get to any kind of a modern move, yo, why is nobody in the park with an amp? It costs $50 to rent an amp. 
for a month. Uh, like where, I, I, where I, I is was, like the actual like cool stuff is I guess where I'm going with it. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, um, and maybe people I guess, don't know. That's fine. But it's the don't, unwillingness don't, don't, to don't, try. Don't, 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 don't know what. How to engage in the process. Don't know or, how the system works how to talk to anybody outside of what's been done before it's like it's like unless it's been done before nobody's willing to try new things it takes guts and it takes courage you know putting yourself out there you expose yourself you know this is something i have to deal with on a daily basis i have i have a wife i have a kids so you know you say something and you know people there's people clearly who don't like me because i challenge conventions and i don't like how the system works and there's a lot of people in kotenajinji who like the system with how it works cuz they get they get you know their they get their meager money uh you know they're they're getting their little slice of the the pie which is incredibly small and my argument to that is that we're all getting played right at the end of the day right because are we're being we're under, being underfinanced at a, at a, at a $15 million a year that comes out to $60 million in a mandate. So $60 million over fifth, 40 years, four years, excuse me. Imagine what we could do with that money. But the central city and our, our politicians, they're smart. They say, Oh, I don't, we don't need that extra $15 million because all we need to do is because nobody votes. We're just going to buy the Italian vote. We're just going to buy the Jewish vote here. We're going to buy the Filipino vote there and we'll win the election. We don't have to like deal with the major financial issues that are confronting the borough. We can just buy basically special interest routes. We can buy communities and then basically ignore the larger needs of the community as a whole. But at the end of the day, it hurts everyone because what happens is that because the election system is broken, our politicians can get elected by basically servicing just a very small percentage of the population and get their votes they need to get over the top. So I just, I guess for me, it's like nobody knows this. Nobody knows this to no. the level of detail. And let's be real. Uh, I, 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 I was an apple bomb, and I know, I know the groups that are targeted. There's the Italian community in St. Raymond's. They got a four hundred thousand dollar bocce court roof. <laughs> Don't ask me how that happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's the Filipino community who vote on mass. Uh, there's the uh, Jewish Orthodox. That's where Perez gets his power from. He he's basically wins his his elections basically from the Orthodox community and the Filipino community. Anybody who's involved in local politics who understands the day to day street level will you know they can't argue with but that. Like this, That's the fact. Uh, so I guess it comes to me like businesses had to change their strategy to go from right. hard retail offers, which is what I feel right. like most political politicians are doing to soft sell seduction via content and education so well you're asking business had to change because they were forced to they 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 needed to remain they need to remain only 30 of people be voting yeah but the politicians that are winning elections like it that way so, they, well, they, I guess, it works for them why would they change it so i it's hear like, that but that's where it's like and that's yeah we got the foxes taking care of the hen house right they're the guys that are that basically have the power and the tools to change the system to make it more democratic, more open, more representative. But they're not because it gets them elected. It's as simple as that. It's I don't. Think, it's not brain surgery. But I don't think <laughs> people realize how much their vote really actually could sway this. I don't think people are cognizant of that due to like they're not. And they're you know not. what? Like it, and, and I realized it might not even be fully like the responsibility of, of like candidates and in, in full to run this like. One of the things um, I learned from Peter McQueen was, I guess, the effectiveness of citizen organization and collectivism within the community to care. 
Um, you know, I've learned about, you know, collecting petitions and how to do all that right. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that I only know because y'all agreed to talk to me for extended period of times. So and let's be real, the number of people that can have a one-on-one to the length that I can and go as deep as I can in the way that I can because y'all have to behave is like not as common as the average person might get. Very, very, very rare. And I'll, and then we have to also ask our question, uh, like, I, I, like I, I'm being honest with myself and it's, I think it's important that we be honest with ourselves. Uh, and it's like how many people have listened to this conversation right now from beginning to end or to beginning to this point and you know how many people are reaching and i i i like i i'm challenged to answer that question i don't know i can say that there's about six seven people that have watched this pretty much consistent so the the problem is yeah, so six, seven people is not going to change politics and CDNDG, unfortunately. No. And the big challenge I have is getting my message out. And again, to be honest and frank, I'm not getting the type of coverage that I was expecting to get from the media, the, the, the main media outlets in the city of Montreal. The Gazette has effectively ignored us. Uh, you know, uh, they haven't reported on Team Ekip CDNDG whatsoever. I, I find that a little disappointing considering that I've been at this for 20 years. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is the problem, you know, people don't know, and, uh, I'm sure people would challenge my perspective on things, but, you know, I, I, I'm a numbers man. So, you know, I, I, after the elections, I go poll, 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 I see where the poll by poll, excuse me. And I see where the votes are coming from. It's like, for example, last election, the reason why Sue Montgomery, uh, won, uh, the mayor's seat is quite simply, uh, Marvin Rotran, uh, had his, his party, uh, and he was contesting uh, Perez and Coderre, and they split. They split the core uh, communities, their core uh, constituent constituent communities, being the Filipino uh, community, the um, uh, Jewish Orthodox vote, and they split that vote. And Sue Montgomery is, is was able to go up the middle, and that's not happening this time. Mm. Um, um, Perez, who uh, threatened to sue Marvin Rotran. Uh, um, when uh, Marvin Rotran made accusations against Copeman for making him uh, like a, a bribe of a position as for the ombudsman is now best buds with Rotran <laughs> because they both realize that uh, they're not going to win the election. If they're, if they're divided, uh, there's going to be a repeat of the last election and it's not going to happen this time. Perez is on track to win. You know, this is the man, you know, he's, he, he's now, He's now uh, casting himself as a progressive. I really can't see how Mr. Perez is a progressive at any level. And and uh, he's on track to win. And uh, uh, I follow him on, on social media. And he's he's tapping into his key constituencies like he always does. And now he's got Marvin Rotran, who uh, retired. But the person who's in Snowden is this gentleman called Sonny Moretz. And he's basically a Marvin Rotran uh, protege. And he's just basically uh, riding off the cattails of uh, Marvin Rotran and is going to basically tap that constituency that allowed Marvin Rotran to stay counselor there for 44 years. And Marvin Rotran is another one. You know, he's another one that's wins elections, never wins popular mandates. Uh, he wins elections with 500 votes. That's it. <laughs> it's that city wins with 2% of eligible voters. So, you know, it's, I, you know, dictators don't last as long as he did. <laughs> It's like just, it's really ridiculous. It's and and people know nobody. What I find so strange is that our local media is so weak, and um, it really doesn't have any context uh, in any really uh, major way that um, 
it just, just don't understand these larger issues that are confronting us. And that's sad. That I think that's very sad because uh, these are important I mean, issues. That when need you to say discuss. local media, are you talking like the Gazette? Because like yeah, there's nothing I mean, like there used like, to be. That, there used to be a vi- There used to be a vi- why I'm doing this because I was yeah. like, yo, who speaks yeah, English? But, yo, shout exactly, out, you, shout out, NDG winning, and shout out the yeah. other, the the one that thought Walter guy Atlas, does. yeah, yeah. So shout out the uh, other know, people that are here that do speak English that do yeah. run it. But like the fact that we can probably list most of our people on a hand is not exactly like that encouraging. There's a lack of so so wait wait wait. I, I gotta say something, please. Hold on. Just give me give me. Oh, do your I, thing. I I I, I, I I talk a lot. I know. But I love if it. If you're listening, if you're listening to this interview with me with Holden and. You like what you hear, you know, you know, like, look, you got to talk. You got to talk to your neighbors. So you that's have actually what Sandrine was saying. Sandrine was like, you may be surprised at what the power of people listening. Like, yeah, you, you got it. You got to talk I'm, to your neighbors. You say, mind, I listen to Alex Montag, right you know, now, you know, so. yeah, you should, you should say it. You should, if you don't, you know, look, look, you may not agree with my policies, right. And what I stand for in terms of what I want to do for the borough. But what I'm talking about, how, how our political system works that's the reality. So if you're not happy with that, you know, you know you've got to talk. To, you got to talk to your neighbors about that. So the, the more I think about this situation, I realize that there's a lack of pundit roles because politics has pundits, and without pundits, there's no drama. Uh, drama's good. <laughs> I know. I know what, you're, what it is, but like, it's kind of like, look. I mean, I I do the music thing. It is not lost on me that fake beefs are a real way to make a lot of money because, frankly. Humanity doesn't cater the 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 nice stuff. I believe Squid Game is the most viewed thing on Earth according to Netflix, and that is quite not nice in terms of the violence levels. <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's what people like. That's the facts of a situation. We can't rewrite right. humanity. And um, like, I didn't watch the debate yet that y'all did a couple of days ago, but I hear it was not entertaining. No, it was. It was. It was. Uh... Uh, it, it wasn't a good. I didn't think it was a good engagement of the candidates. Um, I, I wasn't really given the opportunity to to challenge or call out Mr. Perez or Sue Montgomery on their records, um, um, you know, and that uh, was unfortunate. Um, I tried to make the best of the situation, and um, uh, but I, I again. <laughs> In all honesty, uh, I found it boring myself. I was like, I can't believe I'm on this call. This is going on forever. And it's like, really, it was too controlled. It was too monitored. And it lacked drama. And, um, you know, you got to make it, I guess, you know, that, and I use my trains that way, right? Like super nerdy, you know, maybe that's going to hurt me. But I'm using my layout, my which I, I enjoy doing. It's been an excellent uh, distraction for me during the pandemic, kept me sane. But I, I use the trains to, to pull people in and, and hopefully use trains as a mechanism of saying, well, you, did you consider these, this local thing that this, this raises about local businesses, supporting local businesses? Um, and, um, you know, and uh, so uh, on my layout, I have, uh, you know, the REM station Griffintown, which Project Mordial wants to call Griffintown Bernard Laundry. So it's political, absolutely. And I use it for political ends. And at the yeah, same time, that. I take a lot of pressure out of it. But, you know, it's like, you're right. We have to find but creative vehicles. But it's also vehicles. like, maybe you can't say it. And, and realistically, y'all can't say some stuff that, like, I might be willing to say that y'all aren't willing to say. Because let's be real, I don't really have a huge... Even I'm willing I were... to say a lot. What is it you want to say? <laughs> Politicians are boring. And they don't want to be not boring. 
they want. Am I boring? They, no. Tell me I'm not boring. No, you're you're relative. You're you're entertaining. <laughs> but I also look feel, at this shirt. This is a very entertaining shirt. Like, come on, I, I chose like, the most colorful shirt I own for this meeting, right? It comes down uh, to me like this. Like, if I were to spit the facts as I see it, everybody's playing a minority to win because they know it's going to work. And if I were to come and change the system up, a I drop education. Like, I'm honestly tempted, honestly going through this whole run to run, not to win. I would be so scared of winning. I don't want to win. I would really sabotage my own campaign, but really to do like a lot of education stuff because like I know in my head, it's a lot of work, <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of work if it's not your specialty. I'm sure for me to fix a house would be a very painful process. And I'd call you the problem, it's a painful process for me. <laughs> it's just so you know, it's like when it comes to like, tutorial videos and education i'm maybe not a fancy editor guy but like the actual creation of this stuff is way simpler than people think to be effective to create a mm. powerpoint and turn it into a video not that hard real easy right. actually and i'll bet with uh, some powerpoints i could use some help all them <laughs> there's still like there's still like four weeks left of the campaign so you know <laughs> I, just, I, I really, I, I need help. I, I run a business. Around, I was like, I've been, I'm I work full short. time. You know, I, 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 I'm having, but you like know, you I, have I'm, the party, right? So like y'all yes. create a party. How does the party work? So like, I mean, cause to me, it's like, I look at this thing, like you have a party, which is supposed to be the promotional vehicle of right. your, your thing. Right. Yes. So yes. at the party level, I understand that nobody has money, but there's gotta be a way to collect people on experience. Prez has got money. He's got tons of money. He has an election office. He has posters plastered all over the borough, and he's sending it. We're, we're receiving no, they, they pamphlets. Were like, they were like on walking program. around with film crews and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> "Where's that money coming from? I want to know because I need some of that." <laughs> Honestly, though, I'd fundraise. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that in the middle of a pandemic. Well, um, I mean, you know, you know, in, like, in the middle the thing of the pandemic, I can empathize with the, that. The, but the, the, there's a little tidbit I should tell you, Holden. Uh, during the Tremblay administration, the journalist Linda Gulai looked at where uh, Tremblay, which Perez comes from that, right? He's from the Tremblay administration. Right. He's, a, he's a carryover from that. So she did a story, where is all this money coming from that's financing these political parties? And 97% of the money funding these political parties came from subcontractors in the city of Montreal. So how am I supposed to get the interest of subcontractors sitting in Montreal? They're going to look at me and go, who is this guy? He's a contractor, does residential work. I don't get any business from him. There's no interest or advantage for me of donating to his political uh, project or his, his party. So I don't get, I get nothing. I get zilch. And, you know, and, 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 and also to that extent, right. Um, uh, people like politics, unfortunately, and for good reason, it's kind of a bad name, right? You hear it on the radio. Well, I don't want to be political, you know, because uh, you know, I want to, I want to stay away from that. But again, I, I, I um, Facebook I challenge- is the opposite <laughs> of that. My Facebook is pure I, politics. Yeah, <laughs> I challenge that. I always challenge us. How can you be not political? You're born in a hospital in a in a country that provides Medicare. That's political. It's like. The second you breathe air as a human being within our community or collective, you're 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 a political animal. And uh, but unfortunately, because and our own politicians are to blame for the most part, like because of all the gaming that goes on. So uh, I agree because- that the the incumbent, I think incumbent is the people who are there. Uh, those folk maybe have whatever interests. My my thoughts are on campaigning in the future, right? Evidently. Right. 
I mean, I don't know what the voter turnouts. If the voter turned out at like 90%, I'll shut the fuck up. I'm not going to lie. I'll just be like, okay, right. I was wrong. I'm just not predicting that. Yeah, but it's not, it's not just about for voter turnout. It's about like uh, the capacity for the candidates to reach uh, you know, the constituency and, 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 and are able to communicate their message and in, an, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a cost-effective way. Because you know, there's really like, what way do I have to cost-effectively uh, cost reach the constituency? I could knock on 170, well, it's not 170,000 doors, but I can knock on, um, it's gotta be at least 100,000 doors in Cote d'Azur NDG if you include apartments. I just don't have that capacity. How can one person knock a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. I was just thinking about it's, it's not like, possible. <laughs> it's not. It's not feasible. It, that's so where it's what, like, are, what, are, what other avenues do I have? Do I have the media? The media, they're they're like, they're they're so they're 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 overwhelmed by the larger Montreal election. They're not focused on the local issues. So there's a lot of problems. And do I have all the answers? I don't. I don't. I really don't. I, 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 I I've been trying to crack that nut for a long time now because I think that if people listen to me and hear what I have to say. And uh, they will go, you know, this Alex guy, you know, I'm, I don't I don't think he's the right guy for mayor. Or maybe they'll say, yeah, I think he's the right guy for mayor. This guy knows what he's talking about. He's been involved a long time. He knows how the system works. But people, they say, oh, Alex, he, I don't I don't I don't think he's the right guy for mayor, but he knows what he's talking about. And he because I listened to him, I was able to, like, understand the, the, the history of the borough and, um, and, and not just me. There's other people in the community as well that have history. But it's and, like, I feel the like, so I feel like the bigger issue is that it has to be right. like, let's say there are a bunch of people that really do care about getting other people to vote and, get, and care. Right. Then, then we have to embrace some other things. And I know that in the next three weeks, not a lot can happen to reinvent the wheel, but what no. happens after the election? I feel like I've never heard of a person investing, not that the active politicians, because they've got their job to do at that point. But everyone else, I'm like, say word, if I lost, I'm spending the next four years campaigning. Yeah, but again, like, I'm going to get a divorce if I do that. <laughs> and I'm like, what about my son? <laughs> what about my business? And <laughs> you're like, I, I, I just can't do it. It's just not possible. It's not, you know, I'm not going to so, sacrifice my, my <clears throat> family life and my business and my marriage because I want to campaign for the next four years. And it's come down to that. And that's why incumbents are really hard to displace and how the, the current system really, you know, it's broken. It really is severely broken. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's frustrating. And, you know, there's days I wake up and I says, ah, I can't, I, I don't know why I'm here. Why am I doing this? This is insane. <laughs> and I always, you know, but I am a determined man. Like I, 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 I you know, I, if it was easy, I wouldn't do it, right? Because it'd be boring. <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you. I just think <laughs> I, I think that I'd there be bored is out of though, my mind. a way I like to hard maybe... things. <laughs> so here's stuff you could do in the meantime: find somebody yeah. to take your ideas and channel them. Holden, I know. Can I you can... be that guy? Can you be that guy for Honestly, me, please? In the future, in the greater purpose <laughs> of things, in the next three weeks, probably not. I'm very taxed on my schedule. <laughs> and I... So who? No, but, send them to me. But Hello, like, are you out there? Post, I'm looking post for you. The election. You there? Honestly, are you there? There's gotta there? be like down here. What about under my desk? I, nope, not there. <laughs> so this is where it's like I know a lot of maybe people <laughs> that like understand social media and TikToks and all this stuff. And I actually go right. find. I'm I'm actively looking for 23 year olds right now. 
I figure 22, 23. I, I, can't, I can't actively look for 23-year-olds because people think. <laughs> I know. I'm in there. I got a little buffer where I make <laughs> go, music. What's so that 55-year-old trying to see? But, that, but then again, <laughs> it all makes sense when you're like, look, I'm, trying, I'm, to, say, uh, I'm trying to get elected. Supposed, I'm trying to hang gonna, figure this out. Hang out I at, need help. Ha- Hang out at universities with a sign <laughs> seeking 22-year-olds. <laughs> no, but you could contact the political sciences department of Concordia and reach uh, out to that person and actually have them put out a little bulletin inside of their thing. And like that, but that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, I'm, you got me there. You got me there. I could, I could do that. People. So I it's could like, do that. I don't know that I know the answers to talking to 22-year-olds and making them care because I'm now getting more to your age than not on that conversation. So it's not, I mean, I'm facing the same challenges you're facing. I'm a 33 year old rapper and a music, I'm a dinosaur. So like, but you still have your hair, man. So you should be happy about that, but it's going gray. So in music, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> um, the beard is absolutely stunning, man. I want to cut that up and do like, yeah, maybe it's all right to trust in the sunlight. You'll see the white ones poking through and stuff. But like, it makes me, it made me realize the way people party changed, the way people taught. Yo, I found out like Snapchat's really cool. I thought it died. I didn't know it was still cool. Like there's stuff out there that like, I just didn't know I need help with that. I'm a a Facebook guy. That's all I really am, to be honest with you. I'm on Facebook. I am like willing to put money down though, that if there are what, five figure students at universities, there's gotta be like three of them that would volunteer to like help political candidates for the brownie points of having that on their CV? Um, if they're ambitious, That's... they may want to, they may want to associate themselves in one of the established parties because you're not going to make much of a career in politics no, by becoming a member of a team CDNG. <laughs> you see, you're looking at it with that. Um, but I'm looking at it like, I don't know if you're right. Because like you're getting practical job experience, whereas the bigger party might not even consider you. So like I think for like young people who face the yeah. real life job experience thing, True. you create True. a vehicle where I mean, obviously I'm not thinking you're gonna find a hundred eager young people, but I'm saying like you could find a few, and a couple of. And I'm saying yeah. every political party could have taken an approach like that. Actually, get not as a candidate though. But like some strategic volunteers to basically run y'all social medias for you and come up with some, because yo like there's free photo editors. These kids on eight dollars on a video app can make something better than somebody with Premiere. I I, I hear you. So I hear you. It's, so like, I, I decided it's like project project to consider. But uh, you know uh, that's you know I I think it's a little late for this election, but perhaps the next time that, around. Because so. like I'm like that's what I'm trying to think about it is how do we reinvent the wheel? Well, honestly, people can podcast, people can engage each other more. Like I would argue that the lack of political candidates engaging with each other, it felt like everyone is operating in independent silos and they yes. don't even want to acknowledge each other exists on no, some weird. No. And it's like. I don't know how to convince people to take risks that they clearly don't want to take, but I definitely think if the mission is to make young people care and to increase the percentage of people that care, it definitely has to be more engaging. And the best ways to make something more engaging is to leverage the ridiculously cheap tools that the internet provides. I hear you. I do. And I think that's I think that's a revolution that's coming. Has it really caught up with us yet? No. Um, I think that 
you know, I think that there's some crises on the horizon that are coming down the, the pipeline, and hopefully that will um, uh, get young people involved in the process because then, you know, the decisions of their, um, you know, forefathers <laughs> are going to start impacting them in very negative ways. And maybe we'll have like a revitalization or a resurgence of, resurgence of, you know, an active and participatory democracy. Um, but right now, it's really, we're still in the doldrums uh, of, um, of, of just like crappiness. It's just like, yeah. we, we, like we had 30% participation in the federal election. And like I said, and when it comes to the municipal elections, very little participation and very, and, and entrenched interests, like very difficult to displace, very difficult um, to create a, a political like environment that uh, becomes more representative as the community as a whole, as the system is designed right now. So uh, this is the problem. And then obviously there's that piece about how CDNDG is, is treated uh, and, um, uh, um, you know, um, within the larger city of Montreal, we are, <laughs> we are ignored, we're neglected, we're discriminated against financially. Um, you know, if you ever go down, I, I challenge anybody to go down to the borough offices and go to the, you know, the administrative offices of a borough and, and get the, and, and tell me if they feel the sense that they feel that, you know, this is, this represents us, this, this, that this, you know, is reflective of us of as a community. I'm sure 99% of visible minorities, cultural minorities, Anglophones, and anybody with, you know, <laughs> any empathy would say, no, it's not who we are. And, um, but that's what it is, right? Uh, unfortunately. And how do we manifest ourselves? And how do, the, to me, the big question is, how do we come together as a community to exercise political power to secure political goods. That's how I see things. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I study <clears throat> politics, right? And that includes young people, right? So how do we get everybody to rally together and say, no, you're not going to divide, you're not going to divide and conquer us, right? By buying us off with chump change, which really it is, it's chump change, right? They're buying us off with chump change. Uh, we want our fair share of the budget. And the thing is, you know, let's just look at the situation here. Like we're shortchanged approximately $15 million a year. So that's that's $60 million in this mandate, right? But then what about all the years before where were we shortchanged? We were under, we were, uh, the investments were, um, you know, we were, we were, there weren't proper investments or equitable investments in our community. You're talking about decades of neglect and, you don't you don't catch up with something like that overnight. There there has to be you know a significant um, readjustment, and that that is you know it's going to be difficult. It's a hard road, and right now as the way the election's lining up, uh, like I'm 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 putting my finger in Perez because Perez is the man the man beat, and uh, I I want here Perez tell me how he's going to fix this problem, and. And I think the most comical thing that I've seen to date, okay, the comic, most comical, comical thing I've seen to date from Mr. Perez, because he just seems to yap out party or you know, feel-good slogans that don't really mean anything, is the most com comical thing I've seen to date is this sign he's put up that he's going to get 100 park benches for us in Cote d'Angene. Have you seen that? And we don't have proper garbage cans. <laughs> it's like... I, 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 I just don't get it. We have plastic barrel garbage cans in our parks. We don't even have a recycling program for our garbage cans in our park. 
I went to Confederation Park yesterday. You have homeless people living in the park. It's like, okay, Perez, let's get those 100 pouch benches. It's going to fix all our problems. It's just like, I really, I, I just like, I, 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 I got to laugh at it. Because if I don't, I really, I think I, 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 I go on some sort of rampage. <laughs> it's just incredible. <laughs> no, I mean, but I think that's kind of, so to, be, to answer your question, though, I think somebody has to be a martyr. Well, I, I'm not killing myself. No, I don't, I don't Sorry. mean like fully like that. But I mean like like somebody has to be willing to take that hit. Like I sat there and I said to myself. Take what hit? Whatever what reputational hit hits to say what needs to be said. Like somebody has to be like, yo, I'm here to lose and say what needs to be said. I, I think I think that I've been pretty frank in this conversation. Nah, you know, nah, people you. people have accused me of being racist. They said, "Oh, you're racist," and I said, "How is it that I'm racist?" Oh, it's because you target communities. You say they get preferential treatment. I'm not saying they're getting preferential treatment from the city of Montreal. What I'm saying is that what happens is that you have these voting blocks. The city basically tries to appease and win votes and win favor from, and and this discriminates against us all as a total as a community. Because what happens is that we're, our, our, our larger issues are being ignored just because of how the system works, the elections, electoral system works, and because people don't vote. So, and this is the reality, and uh, I, I have to deal with that. I, I've been called lots of stuff, man. No, I've been you. called a sexist. I've been called a racist. Uh, I've, I, oh, yeah, I've been called <laughs> an asshole. <laughs> uh, I've been called, oh, I've been called emotionally unstable. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I'm married and I have kids, right? So I gotta, I gotta deal with this, right, with my children and my my wife. So you know, um, uh, it, it, and I have toxic trolls that troll me online, uh, who I've blocked for the matter. Then I get criticized for blocking people who are toxic to me and call me names. Oh yeah, they call narcissists. Is another one I've been called. So uh, you know, I I I, I humbly uh, apologize if I have offended people. Uh, and uh, I, it's not my intention. And but I, I don't, I cannot accept people being abusive to me online. I, nice. I, I will block. I will block you. I make no apologies for that. I hear None. You. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't apologize for that. I, I apologize honestly, for a lot of stuff. But that's where I'm like, personally, I don't care about the people I block in that moment. They don't like their vote doesn't matter. Like their this is yeah, my attitude. You have to have a thick skin, right? You got to blow them off. You know, I, guess you, the, I guess that's another thing. I choose to be scrutinized on the internet. I made that choice a very long time ago, and I'm super not that comfortable, but getting comfortable with it now that people know my name more. You know, like right. But like for me, it's like I've been called a lot of things on the internet by choice, and I can imagine that trying to be a civic certain civic servant in an era where the internet was thrust upon you would be a different kind of challenge where. Maybe it is going to take some people that are, like, able to just handle the barrage of hate to really come through. And oh, you know, I, you know, I, 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 my, my strategy right now is I just ignore it. Like, if someone posts something that's toxic and it's not productive or constructive, I just don't respond. And I think that's the best strategy that we can all employ. And, in fact, I think that would have been the best strategy to deal with Mr. Trump, Donald Trump. Like, I never posted about Donald Trump. I think I personally I thought Donald Trump was, you know, is, is it was insane. It was really like um, uh, incredible the type of things he said and and uh, what he represented. But it just I think that it, it just fed this machine that 
it just was shocked and goes online. Oh, shocked with Donald Trump sitting. This guy's such an asshole. I'm like, best thing you could do about an asshole and someone like that is ignore him. Just ignore it. And uh, we didn't ignore it. And it became this massive, like, problem. Yeah, uh, anything, the, yeah. Uh, the, the news is in a lot of trouble right now because of that guy. They are looking for reasons to keep talking about him because, frankly, yeah. they're losing so much money on how boring Biden is. Yeah, well, Biden, I, I you know, <laughs> when I launched my campaign, I, 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 I made a joke about how boring my campaign was 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 going to be. Is focused on basic basic issues, back to basics, picking up garbage, cleaning parks, and I kind of um, uh, mocked the press. <laughs> Why would they report on something so boring? <laughs> and 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 you call Biden boring, but. I think there's there's this virtue in being boring. It's like it's boring. I, I, I'm not know, saying it's running, a bad running, thing. Running, I'm running, saying... running a city, running a city is boring. It's mundane. You I know? agree it's, with you. But it's like it's it has not, to do with how a, the news gets glory paid. stuff, right? But it has What's to because the the media is really powerful, right? Like they control narratives and brainwash some people. Yes. And, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of psychology into like, yes. literally the. So, like, I don't know if you know who Malcolm Gladwell is, but he, in his latest book, or maybe whatever one he did a couple years back, was talking about the subtle influence of a newscaster smiling while saying a political's name versus not, and how it actually impacts uh, Republican and Democratic Google searches. So, absolutely. There's a lot so, of psychology. They, they have psychologists, you know, uh, trained psychologists that have spent their years studying, you know, the human mind and how yeah. we act in. In, 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 in our collective, in our communities, and how to like make us do and feel certain things. So with and, that, um, it's like the news. There was a C. There was a CBC show about that. It's still on. It's called uh, Under the Influence, and talks about advertising and how they manipulate and how they're able to get people to buy stuff. And politics, it's it's similar, right? They're they're not want us to buy some bright product. They want us to buy an idea. And uh, so, but the media yeah, cycle being... gets their money on clicks. That's it. Yes. So well, whatever gets. I don't the... know. No, I'm. I really can't. I can't I, really I, I know. I know for a fact how this system right. of business model works. This right, is not right, speculation. Right. Okay. Web traffic equals eyes. The same way that subscriptions wasn't the Sue was telling me I was, or I think it was her. I was telling me how the subscriptions wasn't the revenue source for the sub, uh, the Gazette. It was that the subscriptions represented eyes, making the advertisers feel like there was value in paying the rates. So when you have eyes on your site, crazy traffic, six-figure, seven-figure traffic, you're, you're, you make more money than when you're selling your advertiser slots. And when you get your viewership, you sell advertiser slots. So Donald Trump brought eyes. They got more money. The no eyes coming in. It's not about good or bad politics. It's just how the media's influence and what they get and monetized that, on. And that, that's another question because you know I, you know, it's no secret that I'm very critical of uh, of um, uh, the current media um, structure we have right now. I am too. Um, um, for example, I, I'm most critical about CBC, CBC Montreal. They have they're, they're they have a public mandate. They're financed by public tax dollars uh, to cover local news. And I personally think they do a very poor job of it. Uh, you know, um, uh, when it, they don't, they don't. To me, they don't cover the the day to day mundane issues that confront the community. Uh, they get they 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 seem to be getting themselves caught up in um, 
in, uh, you know, sensationalist stories as well, which is very typical of the private uh, media outlets. And, you know, media right now and, 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 and in defense of current media, the current media uh, outlets, they're competing with social media. And they're not, they don't have the funds like they had in the past to support investigative journalism. And it's really, it's become, it, I call it fast food news, right? They come up, they come up, they show up, they, uh, they stick a microphone in front of you. They got a camera. They ask you a bunch of questions. They go ask the other candidates a bunch of questions. They don't go online. They don't research. They don't understand the context, the historical context. Uh, they don't stand the, the, the issues really on the street as it affects um, people from a day-to-day -day point of view. And uh, then they publish this online or they publish this and, you know, it's, it's, it's all rushed. Uh, and again, in defense of the current media, you know, you need resources, you need people, you need time. It takes energy and they don't have time. But unfortunately, it's, it's also yeah. like, <clears throat> so unfortunately, they're also playing against Google. Google is a huge yeah. destroyer of it. So speed matters. The, the, let's say there's four news cycles there, like four people. Right. Right. Whichever one publishes first actually gets a huge advantage. Yeah, but and and I guess that, um, I guess saying that, um, if you publish first, that's fine. But just because you publish first doesn't mean you can't update, right? And um, I think that uh, you know you're seeing that a little bit more now. Like for example, when you look at CBC, they'll 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 link prior stories in the same subject. But, uh, you know, uh, I think the Gazette does that as well. And uh, so you can explore the subject a little bit more. Um, but I, 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 again, I do the journalists, I don't even think the journalists have time to do that themselves, to look oh, back at the stories <clears throat> that was done before. Because I'm always surprised the journalists call me up, like, for example, from the Gazette. Gazette has done reports on me and my activities within the community. Like I said, I've been involved in 20 years. And they don't even they don't even search their own archives before they call me. They don't even like, who is this guy, Alex Montagano? And they don't even look their own archives. And once again, I just don't think they have the time. It's like uh, they're flipping burgers. It's like it's fast food news, and uh, they're not. They don't have the time nor the resources to do proper stories anymore. And then, you know, the local news. We had local news. Uh, uh, you know, you had the Chronicle. Uh, you had the NDG Free Press. We're kind of fluff papers, to be honest with you. Um, I got to give all love to the free press, though, because some dude covered me, and it was the first time I was ever like in a paper like uh, that. So well, all love to the free press. Uh, and um, um, yeah, and then you have the Suburban, and uh, yeah, you know, you have some good journalists that are working for the Suburban that understand the local scene. But their capacity to report on it so is, uh, is, is restricted. Let's put it that All way. All I can say is, is the suburban knows that I don't read the suburban because we, it's in my building, so we picked it up a couple of times recently because we were right. curious and we're looking at the articles and I'm like, say word. The average because you can tell who an audience is by the content. It's really right. like it's it's transparent, I guess. Right. You could tell that the suburban doesn't know people under fifty. <laughs> it's it's their it's their soft spot you know but people you know like you're a musician right so you you have a target audience right so yeah, like everyone knows it's <clears throat> yeah so it's 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 always it's part of the game i, oh, guess, and right? I, I so appreciate I, it it's all the people that grew up with the suburban like i'm in the era where like the suburban was there but like we were reading the mirror yeah remember the mirror the hour 
there was there well, was uh, Mira became uh, cult Montreal, as I understand. So they're kind of still here. It did. Oh yeah. Well, it's the same. I, it's it's the same guy behind the scenes, is what I understand. Yeah, cult Montreal has gone in a bad rap, but they did 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 a couple of stories on uh, on us, and um, uh, they covered uh, the uh, monolith uh, that showed up on Sherbrooke, which was a fun exercise. Uh, they they covered uh, my exposure exposure piece on uh, our uh, plastic barrels, and I went to other barrels to see if the, the existence of plastic barrels was a purely uniquely CDNEG uh, phenomena, and <laughs> I discovered it was. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> imagine that, ladies and gentlemen. We give the city half a billion dollars each year in taxes, and our 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 city can't afford proper garbage cans. Think about that for a second. That's no, wild. <laughs> but we're getting a hundred benches, right? So, oh my God, that's awesome news. That's gonna change everything. See, this is like in my head. It's like, <laughs> and I don't know how to like fully produce and free this bike myself, helmets. Don't but... forget about the free bike helmets. That's gonna change everything, man. So now, now, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to like. I'm gonna go find like. I don't have all the resources myself, but in my head, I'm like, I gotta find an animator person. Because I want to make like visual infographics about some of this stuff. Like, because that's the thing is, you guys have all told me a lot of stuff that I was like, oh wow, this is really like, I'm blown away by the fact that there's like 200 and change city councilors plus the other ones that aren't Montreal. So there's like 450 people that all, in theory, have to argue about things all reflecting this little island. Yeah, it, it's a lot of people. Um... That sounds you know, so bloated. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm it wrong. It is bloated. But that sounds like it as is, many it, people as the house it, and the states. Like for the whole very, country of the states. It, it's very <clears> bloated. Uh, there was a columnist, Henry Obey, who I, 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 you know, really enjoyed reading, who uh, covered the municipal dossier, and he he was uh, consistently against uh, the political party system in Montreal, and he he basically uh, stated on numerous occasions that the city council was bloated. And he also said that <laughs> councillors is basically a part-time job, which it is, right? Like Michael Applebaum was operating as a ma as a real estate agent when he was a councillor and also mayor for a large part of his uh, mandate, which was bizarre. Not that I have anything against real estate agents, but if you're a real estate agent and you're standing in a city on the urban planning community, a, a committee that deals with real estate agent or real estate issues, uh, that's, you know, it's problematic. So, so, it, and, so you can be like a city councillor, which I believe is a relatively decent paying job from what Google told right, me. Right. And go and work. You, that's correct. Solly Sadal sold the Israeli bonds. That was his gig. Uh, I'm sure Lino Perez has something, but we don't know what it is. He's a lawyer by trade, right? So uh, we don't know, but I'm sure he does. He does side work. I'm not... I, I, I let me let me rephrase that. I'm not sure that he does, but it, there's a possibility he does. Um, and there are some. I think I think there are some councils that that do do this full time. Um, it just to uh, me, it feels I, like with that salary range, this is a full time job. <clears throat> well, um, yeah, but there's not nothing in there's nothing in the um, you know. Um, uh, regulations or in the city uh, uh, laws or bylaws that stipulate that you have to do this full time. It's like, uh, you know, you have to show up at council meeting and even that is, is, is not obligatory, obligatory. Right. So, um, you know, you know, it's, it's a, it's a question to be had. Right. You know? Um, so, 
That's wild. Like to me, that's wild. It makes me go, okay, maybe I would want to get elected then, do a part time. But like, that, that's wild, right? Like that's not a good thought. Like that isn't the right way to approach it. Also, definitely. No, but 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 people, but uh, I do believe that a lot of counselors who who in office, um, you know, um, uh, treat it like a job, and it's not a job. Uh, if you're running for office, uh, and in a, a, a democratic system, and you become counselor. You're serving the community. It's a public. You're in a public. You're you're servicing. You're serving the community. It's a public position, and there's a sacrifice there. And I think we all need to make those sacrifices in our, in our lives. I make that sacrifice by running. You know, this takes a lot of energy. It sucks up resources, time. Uh, it taxes my 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 relationships. Um, you know, I, I'm making this sacrifice. And I think that a lot of counselors have lost that, that, that perspective. It's no longer a sacrifice. It's become a job. This is how I make my living. Being a counselor, an elected representative, should never be a job. This is something you do for a short period in your life to represent your community. Then you move on. And um, I think the idea of a counselor being a counselor uh, for 40 years um, or uh, – for more than actually, I think there should be a term limit. I don't think a counselor should be counselor for more than three three terms. I mean, uh, I don't know if I hate it, just, it if we have a good one. Yeah, but even if it's a good one, even if you have term limits, you know, it's important because say what happens is a bad one. If it's a bad one, you're stuck with them indefinitely, right? Because uh, displacing incumbents is very very difficult. So I I'm. You know, my I I'm I'm come around to term limits. I think there should be term limits. I think that really a counselor after twelve years, tw three mandates. That's enough. You know, you should go seek. You know, who who in this economy does something the same thing for ten years, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years nonstop for the same organization? You know, it doesn't happen. And that's another thing about the city of Montreal, right? It's like it's really antiquated the way it operates. It's like. You ever watch um, Mad Men? <laughs> you know, have you? Do you see that show? Uh, yeah. It's like you're going back in time the way they operate. It's like the '50s, the '60s, and the way they organize. You have the directors, and they still, you know, they they have their adjoint, uh, they have their assistants, and it's like they have people type up letters for them. <laughs> it's like it's like who does this anymore? It's it's really like uh, it's bizarre, really, because I spent 15 years in the IT sector, and uh, I've worked in a variety of different business environments, and uh, you know, IT uh, has really been a downsizing of a, the admin positions and the management, and really focused on frontline, you know, frontline services where you know you can charge for uh, increased productivity. And we have not seen that at all. Very little in the city. Of I, mean, like, I work for a software development company. Allow me to right. be clear. I am in the nitty gritty of how <clears throat> the way I like to describe it is I effectively replace myself in the future every day and have to right. invent my future job before I replace yeah. myself. <laughs> this is not this is not the city of Montreal. This is like, uh, you know, people have worked there their entire life uh, from cradle to grave. And uh, very lucrative, uh, paid very, very well. Peter Trent, actually, the former Westmount uh, mayor of, um, excuse me, former mayor of Westmount, excuse me, uh, he, he just wrote a book and was just exposing, you know, like our, our civil service and our blue collar workers are paid 35% more than other blue collar workers and civil servants in other cities. It's just, 
it, it, what happens is that the politicians in city Montreal, um, and we have pretty militant unions as well, have just, you know, they'll buy the piece at any price. And, uh, and who ends up paying that bill, the taxpayers. And, you know, it, 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 it kind of manifests itself in really ugly ways. Like, uh, for me, um, when our public transportation system is being hijacked by people who are basically making six-figure salaries, like they're making $100,000 a year, you include all the benefits, and they're driving people to jobs. They're just struggling to get through and get by in their lives. It's like, who are you? You know, who are these people? You yeah, know, I've heard some serious stories about that era. You know, you know like, the, like where yeah, just, the, you're, you're in a position of privilege. You have a civil service job. Uh, you're paid extremely well for your services. And you're holding, call us chumps, all us guys who got to schlep to work, right? <laughs> for a salary far less than you do. And you're holding us hostage. Like, we can't get the work. We can't make the money to pay our bills and pay our goddamn city taxes that pay your salaries. It's just like, I, I'm, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't like wrap my head around it. It's just like, and our politicians tolerate it. It's just ridiculous. It's just, it's, it's silliness. Yeah. So apparently the STM. That was a rant. I think that was that, 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 that go that was... on strike if they don't get more funding. <laughs> So it's like, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't think people are like cognizant of it. From what I understood during that era of STMing, there was stuff going on where people my age would get hired. And my age back then was 22 and shit, right? Like, I was young back then. I'm like, people my age would get hired and be like, I. Oh, this is not. That, this happened recently. This happened in the plant administration. This oh, so whole day. I didn't even realize oh, it was that a re- happened. It was a recent thing attention. that happened. It was during, during the so, plant administration. But if you yeah. like go back to like the way that it can manifest, is there's a lot of inefficiency in the way that the day to day operations run. Like they create quotas based on past performance, not what makes sense. So, let's say you work too hard, you get told don't work so hard, you're gonna make us look bad and. There's some stuff like that that goes on. And I'm not saying there was a sh- there was a show on 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 French on the French <clears> TV <throat> network. So it's called Bogans, 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 and uh, the city of Montreal. Working for the city of Montreal popped up several times in that show, and basically uh, the show is a comedy that uh, the the family was as welfare recipient family, <laughs> and and there was one of you know there were different members of this family and. Uh, and all those schemes and scams <laughs> that they were using to secure, you know, public funds. But there was always this guy in the family who wanted to do the right thing. <laughs> and he went to work in the city of Montreal and that turned into a disaster. <laughs> and and it, it, they made, they poke fun of that, right? They poke fun of that kind of culture, right? That exists out there. Not to suggest that, you know, people don't need welfare and support and there's people who are in a hard spot that need help. But uh, there's also I this. Whole, I know a whole bunch of people that do a couple of little things. Yeah, there, but there's this whole also this other whole culture in Quebec of of milking the system, yeah. gaming the system, right? <clears throat> and they game it, right? It's not. And that. I'm experience. I experienced that in the contracting business right now. I have people uh, on the CERB who call me and want to work for cash. So what are you? You're sitting at home collecting the CERB, then you want to come and work for me for cash? I said, that ain't happening. I said, forget that. Well, you not, may be an honorable one. I just can't. I won't do it. It's just like, what kind of person are you? You're you're basically sucking. You're, you're living off the public purse, right? Because supposedly you're you're in distress. I have a job for you, and you're refusing it. It's just, oh my God. It's like, I, 
like we're all going to pay for that. You know that eh? it's all going to catch up with us. Right. We're going to wake up one day and the government's going to say we have no money. We're in debt to our eyeballs. And why? Because we're all gaming the system and everybody's to blame to a certain degree. Right. We tolerate it. Right. There's this judgment right. day is coming. I tell you, it is coming. Well, <laughs> it ain't going to be pretty. I guarantee you in about a month. <laughs> A right. lot of people are going to find McDonald's is $18 an hour a lot more appealing than they did in September. Yeah, because they're terminating. They're terminating the CRB now, right? Yeah. So we'll just see what happens you know, after it, 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 it ends uh, because uh, Justin Trudeau extended it oh, just after the election, of course, right? We won't, we won't read too much into that. Did he <laughs> and, extend it further? And I, I heard he extended it after the election. That's, what, that's the last news I heard, but uh, I, don't know if he, I don't think he's extended further, no. So, and um, I eat, uh, I, I, there's an excellent um, um, Vietnamese restaurant on uh, Sherbrooke in NDG. I um, oh, can't remember the, life, the name of it for the life of me. And their dining hall is not open. And I asked the owners, why is it you don't open your dining hall? I would love to sit with you. They're very friendly. She says, we can't find people to work for us. It's no labor. We, we can't open the dining room because we can't find, you know, servers and cashiers. And the people who want to work for us, they, they're asking for rig- ridiculous amounts of money to come back to work. And uh, there's jobs out there. And these are not like, these are not jobs at like uh, $14, $13 an hour. These are $15 an hour jobs, right? They're not, I mean, they're not. Uh, you got to understand. To me, the idea of working for $15 an hour would make me want to cry in my soul. So. Yeah, but you're a talented man, right? No, like, but they're, it makes me go. Yo, I mean, if I just got that $2,000 a month life, I don't know that I want to go back. Yeah, well, especially if you're collecting CERB. Because, like, I didn't do it, right? Like, I mean, I didn't lose my job, thankfully, which is a great thing. Uh, My girlfriend... uh, But I'm not not here to comment, like, you know, I I believe, you know, I I believe that um, uh, anybody who's paying less than $15 an hour, you know... Uh, that's, I can't understand how you can operate a business like that. Like, I don't want to work for people who are struggling to make ends meet. And I, you know, I, I work in the construction business and I, I, I have people who work for me and I, I, I like to think I pay them well, uh, pay them very well. And, um, I'd rather be that position as a business person, right? I wouldn't want to be in a position where I'm in a business that, you know, I gotta like cheap everything to, in order to make a profit. And there are some businesses like that. And the fast food industry is one of those, right? It's kind of like, or you look at the the, the whole tip economy and bars and stuff. Yeah, retail industry, yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I don't know what it's like because I'm not in those shoes. I just know that the idea of $15 an hour trips me out in my 30s i don't know yeah but we're now now we're now we're talking about stuff that's not municipally you know, this is a federal and provincial no that, that's very true however what about, it's a provincial, it's it's, a provincial okay, government that established them so yeah let's bring it back something somebody like said I, i'm getting scared of this conversation because now i'm doing what i oh, accuse I my opponents of engaging no, i don't want, in. I, I don't it's talking about stuff that i really don't have any control over so on the right? subject of jobs right um, right do you have any influence within the city in NDG to create job opportunities for young people? Ah, I like that question. And I wanted to talk about that earlier, but I always got distracted and sidetracked. Um, I think the city has an important role to play in that way. I think the, the borough CD NDG 
should be investing a lot more uh, more money and it's young artists and should be providing uh, you know forms and um, uh, you know opportunities for them to demonstrate their art uh, I also um, um, uh, believe uh, you know I've traveled a lot and I've always when I travel I've always appreciated uh, the bazaar markets uh, you know I, I think it's a good cultural experience and it's also a way for people to generate um, uh, you know um, a, a good living and um, one of the things that I would like to see is uh, for there for a market. Uh, why don't we have a, a our own version of Jean Market or Atwater Market for 170,000 people? And I would like the city to invest and uh, build a market here. Uh, one of my proposals is, you know, let's cover the Decary Expressway and put a market there at the intersection of Queen Mary and Decary Expressway, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, people will say, where's the money going to come from? <laughs> it's going to come from the half a billion dollars we give you a year. That's where it's going to come from. God damn it. It's like, and we're giving you the money, give it back to us. So back on young people, uh, I think that the city has a, a role to play in, like encouraging entrepreneurs and young people and artists like yourself. And, you know, like there's a variety of ways we can do that. And that comes back to my villages idea we create villages and provide like um you know an opportunity for young people to display their goods and sell their goods in like pop-up markets or maybe make you know um create some uh, uh community space where people can uh, uh you know uh, present and sell their wares and their uh, or whatever their creations or uh, there's a lot of creative talent in the in the borough of cdng just look at thrive and the, the, the paintings, uh, Robert Mondrew paintings. Uh, there was somebody doing some miniatures that was really interesting, creative. Um, I, I do remember a woman uh, who was uh, creating food stuff, uh, Gadiel, Stephanie Gadiel, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent out there, and we should be tapping into that. And as a community, uh, I think that it's important that we encourage this type of activity because, again, uh, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, a lot of us, a lot of us do it, and we've seen a lot of purchase go away from, they call it brick and mortar, right? The hard retail space, right? It's gone online. And uh, we need to provide some sort of vehicle or mechanism uh, for people to make a living um, locally. And that comes back to the village concept, um, investing heavily in developing villages, we need to invest heavily because what's happened is that CDNEG has been designed around the automobile. And, you know, the only way to really address that is to invest heavily in transforming our commercial streets uh, to service local needs and, um, uh, and to create the shopping experience. It's really, I think it's really shopping now uh, on a community level is about the experience. It's not about, it's, it's, it's about people who don't want to click their mouse and buy something online. They want to leave their house. They want to go for a walk with the family and the kids or whatever the case. And they want to like buy locally uh, produced goods or, you know, they don't, I think they would be also open to buying, um, you know, imported uh, produce as well. If it's a unique proposition, right? Are there still people listening to this or are we yeah. all alone now? No, we still have right. about six, seven people watching. Any questions from the audience? Hello, are you out there? <laughs> no? No, nah, I mean, no there, there, there's no questions for a bit, uh, but people are listening, which is as good as questions, in my opinion. You know, people like, because right. like, it's like, 
Like that's how people are. Like I can see that there's seven people on Twitch, just one on Facebook. Um, and as time goes on, Sandrine commented before Mate Latte in response to something you said, but it was like, yeah, I'm not gonna bring that up. But yeah, people will be there because as long as you're interesting and like the conversation flows and it's, it doesn't it's, circle it's back too much, people shirt. stick. Well, it's you also have a lot to say, right? <laughs> like, like I really appreciated Neil and his interview but man that guy answers everything in eight words so it's like not i like neil he's a good guy you know you know neil neil and i worked together on several dossiers and one of the dossiers we worked on was um uh we made a a complaint to upac and the director general as election when um, marvin rochan announced in in the council that um copeman basically tried to um uh, get him not to run for election um, if, uh, by giving him the seat, the uh, Budman's position in the city of Montreal. And DGE took that, that complaint seriously and did an investigation. And um, uh, Global had done a story on that. And then um, Neil Muckerby is, um, 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 uh, by, tr by profession, he's an auditor. And um, we uh, pushed the administration on uh, anti-corruption um, uh, ISO certification 37,001, which Sue Montgomery uh, uh, said was too expensive when we first approached her on the subject, but then changed her mind. And unfortunately, it seemed like her interest in ISO 37,001 became more of a project of malice of exposing uh, the administration, which she had a, a, a grudge with, a gripe with. So it kind of like collapsed. It didn't really go anywhere. But the interesting of, interesting thing of that exercise is that there was an anti-corruption audit that was done in the borough. And they discovered <laughs> that the borough of CDNDG does not have an anti-corruption right. policy. And that was just shocking. I just couldn't believe that. I really, I really couldn't believe that. I said, you got to be kidding me, right? And... The funny thing is, Perez is going to say, oh, you know, we set up the big, the, the Bureau de Invest, uh, uh, big office, which is the Bureau in, what's the Inspector General? That's it. Excuse me. So many acronyms. <laughs> but Linda Gulai just came out recently in an article in the Gazette. Uh, she wrote a book. She published a book. Just Linda Gulai, is, uh, as, as far as I can see, is the last investigative journalist that's still working for the Gazette. She doesn't publish very often, very much anymore. I don't know why. Uh, that's a question you should ask her because I don't have the answer to that. Uh, she came out with an article recently that said that really the anti-corruption measures the city of Montreal put in place really don't address uh, where the corruption was coming from in the past. And cor where corruption was coming from the past wasn't so much from the, um, you know, uh, subcontracting uh, um, um, deals or with subcontractors. The large part of it was coming from um, – permits, uh, providing ur urban planning permits. And that's where the corruption was with Michael Applebaum, with the, um, you know, the, uh, the sports comp, the Benny sports complex. And people were like, oh, Alex, yeah, it's, you're, you're, you're boring me. You're, you're exhausting with this conversation about anti-corruption. It's, it's the past. But what people forget is that there's this repeat cycle in Montreal where we have like this period of like kind of normalcy and then boom, it blows up and there's this big scandal around corruption. And then we have all these like inquiries and stuff like that. Then the set the dust settles and then we get back in this period of normalcy and it just blows up again, 10, 12 years later. So it's been a, it's, it's a cycle that happens in our, in our, in our political life. And, and the thing is there are real consequences for corruption 
in the city of Montreal. And one of those is the Benny Sports Complex. It's falling apart. I, I know people work there and they say that it was badly built. It wasn't well designed. And uh, the changing rooms are incredibly small. And they, they had people come and take a look at to see if they could somehow expand them and fix the problem. They can't. They're stuck in the current configuration of the building. This is what, ladies and gentlemen, this is what corruption gives us, okay? This is what happens when our politicians are corrupt. And, um, uh, and you know, the, with, with Applebaum, uh, don't forget that when you have a, a, a litigation or an investigation that happened in Applebaum, they go after, they go after the politicians in which on the charges they can make stick. It, 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 it's basically the tip of the iceberg. It's representative of a larger problematic as it relates to the corruption of the city of Montreal that was a part of the culture of the city of Montreal at that time. And every elected representative who held office at that time was accountable for that. Okay. They were accountable. They were, they were the, they were at the wheel. They were, they were responsible. And it, it amazes me to this day how you have politicians still around from that era who really haven't owned up to that. They haven't said, you know what? We, I have to take responsibility. I, I, yes, I should have done a better job. I should have done something about that. But no, it's like the standard political response, right? You just brush it on the carpet. You pretend it didn't happen, and you hope it goes away. And the the fact that we don't have an anti-corruption policy, in my mind, is a, is 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 really, it's that's what it is. It's about sweeping on the carpet, pretending it doesn't exist, and hoping it goes away. But guess what? It doesn't. It just keeps on coming back. So, um, yeah. So that's that's my little blurb on Neil Muckerbee and, and the anti-corruption piece there. Nah, <laughs> but we can talk more about. Yeah. And you know, my family, my family has suffered uh, direct consequences uh, via um, you know our questions related to um, corruption. Uh, we had a car uh, lit on fire in front of our homes. The intention was to burn it down, and the car burned so hot that it melted the paint off the siding of the house. And so, you know, and I've had my car slashed. Uh, I've had, uh, you know, I've had threatening phone calls. Um, not lately. This was during the Apple Bomb uh, era. So, uh, you know, it, it's out there, right? It exists, and it's 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 also, um, uh, you know. It, it's also in the construction industry, right? Which I'm not a part of because like I said, uh, I'm, I focus on renos and restoring older homes. Uh, there's some dubious, some dubious activities that happens with flips. Sometimes it's like it becomes um, flips are used as um, um, a laundry, money laundering uh, exercise, right? You, you buy a house that needs to be fixed up and you use cash for the materials so it's it's a it's a it's it's a it's a front for money money laundering as well so but i don't want to get into that because that's a whole other conversation yeah, that's a that's a conversation yeah. where i don't know i want that smoke <laughs> no you don't you don't no, no i don't no i know not at all so you know and um what else talk uh, about we talk a lot about stuff we did that's 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 uh, how this works that's what we talk uh, I don't you know. want to keep on? You want to keep on going? You, oh, okay. you would okay. you be surprised that there's a whole additional person that showed up since you last asked? Oh, really? Please, this additional person who just started listening to this, 
Do you have any questions for us? Yeah, we're, do y'all have any questions? Because at the end yeah. of the day, like, I, I do uh, run out of creativity at a certain point. But um, it's also important because this is all stuff y'all care about, um, whether it's whatever subject or not. And then we have to right. wait about 20 seconds for it to actually hit the people. So you get this point. And then if anyone does have oh, questions, okay, they now so have to seconds. type the question. I so see. usually between so asking for questions and there's a lag. question appearing, there's a good Beep. minute. And then a question <laughs> at the earliest will show up. And then sometimes none so come. Do, 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 and you're just like, do, oh, fair enough. <laughs> is this like we're on the 10 second, you know, a Don Cherry delay? Is that what that is? <laughs> In a sense, yeah, there's something like that going on. Because it's like we talk and uh, it gets broadcast. And then... All right. Like, I can see it over there, and it's weird. Sometimes I'll do something, and then I'll watch myself do it, like, 15 seconds later. And, like, it's... it's oh, a, wow. You know, being on camera a lot and seeing, you know, everyone's going to be weird after this because you've seen your face more in the last year than people ever saw their face doing stuff. Uh, well, for yeah. those of us that are on Zooms a lot and stuff, like, yo. I don't do a lot of Zoom. Uh, I... um. Because I, I, the construction business then then shut down, right? And and we didn't, we can't really work remotely, right? We have to be on site. So um, Zoom is has. I know a lot of people have, um, uh, you know, Zoom has become an important part of their lives. Uh, that hasn't happened to me. So oh, I guess man. all of um, my meetings at work because they end up on these group calls where your face is amongst all the faces. You know, I saw I saw a, a video online about a guy who's attending his Zoom meetings while riding his motorcycle. That's amazing. <laughs> and I just I, I thought that that was very funny. <laughs> and I was I was actually considering the idea for this meeting, but I really didn't know what media to use. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I theoretically you could do it, but it would be a lot of effort. Uh, to a lot of effort. There would be a lot, of, and he did put a lot of effort in it. It's, that's for sure. He pulled a blue screen behind yeah, him, like, and he had his la go. laptop on his handlebars, and he actually did a jump. It's amazing. <laughs> so at this point, I am going to go with no. Nobody else had other questions because none right. of those questions came. Um, Alrighty. Do, do you want to? Sh are you able to show people your train set, or is that like too complicated? No, I, I, I could, but I really don't. I think people have seen it enough online, so you know, I could go live later tonight with 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 uh, the trains. But I'm I'm now in the steam era, so I've had steam out for a while. And I think I'm I, I'm really in a, in a hankering uh, mood for Japanese, so I think the Japanese collection's coming out. It's about time. It's been I, a long time good. since it's been Japanese. <laughs> I I'm gonna assume that you got multiple train sets for your moods. And... <laughs> yeah, you know, guys, it's just I gotta I gotta own up. You know, there's this real nerd factor about me, right? So, <laughs> so uh, it's part of you know I guess. The different things I'm involved with. I don't think so, you have to worry about being a nerd factor with your trains. People like oh, people. I, I, I embrace nerdiness. Being a nerd is a good thing. People, any nerds out there? Guys are cool. So like believe it. it or not, we got a question from the, oh from the guy in Florida that watches all of my stuff and just happens <laughs> from to be Florida. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so he wants to know what yes. American politician stands out to him dead or alive. And shout out Lindell for watching NDG politics videos. <laughs> What? This I guy's in Florida this... and he's watching yeah. NDG politics videos, which to me is kind of astounding yeah. to think about. But yeah, which American politician stands out to him, uh, stands out to you, dead or alive? 
dead or alive, what stands out to me? Well, you know, I, I, Obama, I remember when Obama got elected, that was, that was, you know, that was a, a moment of hope and inspiration. Like I really, I remember that day. It was a good day. Um, Obama, Obama really is singed in my collective memory. Um, um, and you know, in spite of, um, uh, you know, the fact that I don't agree with him or his policies or his perspective or his attitude on things, there's n there's no denying that uh, Trump has, uh, you know, uh, impacted um, the American uh, political uh, landscape in ways that will, uh, you know, survive for some time. That's and nice. I, and I, I'm, I'm concerned about um, the United States. You know, the United States are our friends, they're our neighbors. Uh, and um, I really wish them peace, happiness, and success. And I'm very concerned when I watch TV and see the divisiveness and uh, how, um, you know, uh, they, they, they're divided as a nation. And I think that's not good for anybody. And um, again, I wish them happiness, peace, and success. And I like Americans, and uh, you have a great country. It's a beautiful country. I've traveled extensively through the United States, and um, uh, I um, I like you guys. So remember that, <laughs> please. Just remember that. <laughs> you know, in spite of all. End of the day, uh, Alex is pro you guys. <laughs> uh, how can you not be pro United States from the extent that you know they're, they're our neighbors? You may not agree with their policies, right? But like again, like no, I'm cool with the earlier, people. Yeah, I, I exactly. may have some grievances with the government, but I don't. And the have... Americans, have, Americans have done, you know, they, they've done some, you know, questionable things, right? And um, but this this happens when, unfortunately, it happens when you're uh, a country of such power and influence. Um, you know, power. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. What's the expression? Power. Uh, absolute, absolute power, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. Corrupts, or... Absolutely right. So th this is. You know, um, uh, you know this, this, this. Unfortunately, this happens, and um, it's not. I'm not condoning it, no, it's uh, just... or accepting it. But uh, I like. I, I have to be pragmatic, and I think we all have to be pragmatic. I think that, you know, uh, you know, when I was in university in CJEP, you know, I was very concerned about environmental issues. When I was in CJEP, actually, the big thing was I was stage students against global extermination. The big fear back then was nuclear. I nailed, I nailed, I nailed Annihilation. Oh, Thank you. And, um, uh, you know, now the environment's a bigger concern. But at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to move forward as a society, community, in my mind, if uh, we're going around uh, shaming people. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's not going to work. All we're going to do is, uh, you know, uh, people are just, their hair is going to, you know, stand on people's backs and it's just to be that much more difficult to move forward. And this comes back to the borough and CDNEG related to, um, you know, there seems to be kind of like uh, uh, this kind of battle happening on the street. And I know it because I've experienced it as a cyclist. I've been, a, I, I've, I've put a lot of miles on my bike. You know, I yeah. lived on Queen Mary and I worked in Dorval. Um, I traveled there every day to and from there from, uh, for work. You know, I, 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 I've lived the life of a cyclist and you're like on, at battle to a certain degree with the motorists, right? Because you feel you got to like 
find a space for yourself in the city of Montreal. Um, you know, back then it's better now back then, uh, there wasn't a lot of space for cyclists, uh, but we're not going to get anywhere by like shitting on each other. Uh, we really need to work together as a community, uh, to, uh, move forward. And I, I, I think that what's happened too, is that, um, because our community has become so dependent on the automobile and it's designed around, designed around the automobile, uh, we're not walking on our streets anymore. We're not cycling because it's getting more and more dangerous and it becomes a vicious cycle because our streets are dangerous to walk on or cycle on. People are driving more and kids don't walk to school anymore. And, you know, these are really big problems and we need to, you know, come together as a community to find solutions for that because, um, you know, kids should walk to school. It's good exercise. It's a good way to start the day. For that matter, you know, I should be able to, I, I, I would like to walk to work. Uh, the problem is, is that I'm in the construction business and I got to move like a ton of equipment every morning. So this is not, it's not feasible for me. And I, 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 and I, I suspect there's a lot of other people in the borough who have the same problematic as I do. It's not feasible for them. Uh, where they work and the, the connections by public transport are not good. Also, and on top of that, there's a good our chance you're also not working in NDG. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, and and one and, and let's be honest with ourselves. The public service network in in CDNG, specifically the 105, there was even there's even a Facebook page that was created called "For the 105 While We Wait," and it's ridiculous. I just can't figure out why uh, we can't get proper bus service. Honestly, at, 105 at rush hour is a don't take it bus. Like it's better to yeah. take and it's better to wait 20 minutes and take a 90 later on or a 51 or something and go we, to a we farther have to fix metro. That. Then, we have to fix that. And it's 13 that. stops. That's the whole if, route. Yeah. If we have to spend half a billion dollars or whatever, a hundred million dollars or $250 million to fix that problem, that is money that we need to spend. And where is that money coming from, ladies and gentlemen? That's coming from the half a billion dollars we give the city every year. So um, that money is there. That money that we we pay that money in taxes, and we have a problem that needs fixing. And in order to fix this problem, we need our tax dollars to be spent. And um, so, you know, this is another example of you know, like, oh, it's NDG. They have a problem. Big deal. You know. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I definitely think that it's a challenge when it comes down to the budgeting. But I also think, um, end of the day, the more that people can have conversations like this, even if it's not like an insane volume of people, right? I'd argue there's more podcasts covering politicians in this Montreal election than there was in the last one, right? Yeah, hopefully the, the trend will continue. But at the same time, you know, and, and all, uh, you know, this is awesome what you're doing, but we also need a way to find a way because not everybody, we've been on this, what, for how many hours now? It's like two, you started at, uh, let's say about two ish hours, two almost. Two yeah, I, I really, I, if you've been able to sit through this for two hours, like, uh, I congratulate you. Like, I really do. You should get a reward or something. But a lot of people <laughs> actually like the podcast format. Like, I don't expect everyone to watch it live, but it is going to be on Spotify later on oh okay cool and then people yeah, can like, uh, throw it on like i know people right. throw on things like this isn't designed to be watched like somebody told me they were 
eating supper and it's on in the background. People have told oh, me to do I homework see. with right, their right, kids. Right. You're, so they're not going to see my shirt? Oh, my God. Well, people so watch it and it'll be on and then they'll <laughs> multitask. And that's the kind of format it is. But the thing is, is if nobody's getting the really, really deep dive and all you're left with is the super superficial and like – like, I, I believe that there's a responsibility of some of us to take on more of a pundit role. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And really, like, bring the you. conversation with it. In which case, this kind of content has to exist to give the people something to talk about who want to spark the next conversations. And then the pundits can go to war with each other on all sorts of vile stuff because they're pundits. They're not elected officials. They're doing it for profit. And uh, <clears throat> Yeah, but again, this whole pundit idea that you have, you know, I, I just – I'm having these – you know, visions of like Fox. No, no, no. See, I watch like YouTuber pundits. guys, right? And I see how and it can be done. I don't, like, I, I don't think that's, guys, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think that's healthy, right? Like, However, like it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. I don't know if you, if you um, follow Fox and, and CNN, but they report on each other. It's like, I've never seen that before. You have news outlets reporting on what the other news outlet said that's so, false like, i, I don't like, want to necessarily <laughs> take it to the degree that like mainstream media takes it but from an All alternate right. media perspective the idea isn't necessarily to become like a political pundit r r in a ridiculous sense but at a conceptual level they're the ones that discuss this stuff so that the politicians don't necessarily have to discuss this stuff yeah that's, that's fair enough I fair if, it, if, if it's educated yeah if it's educated and you know nuanced it, and i like, guess it has 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 uh, how do you say context and i'm like let's be it, real i'm a left-leaning dude so there's got to be a right you version. Are? yeah super left <laughs> uh somebody on the right's got to you know, be you, there you know you don't seem super left to me you're you know i don't i don't like uh, i i don't get that I mean, impression that's because unfortunately yeah. in your 30s you accept that capitalism is real and you have to do some business stuff or whatever but no nah, i'm you're more pragmatic I'm more left leaning because yeah. like social policies like that appeal to me more than the right leaning ones, and I never really flipped on that so much. I mean, I'm probably more center than I was. I'm not radical, but like I know for a fact that when it comes down to what I think, it's almost always left leaning socialist policies, and therefore there has to be the right version of that too to exist to contrast the ideas, to create the debates, to go bigger. Like, yo, I'd be very willing to go toe to toe with somebody talking about benches. Like, you might not be willing to. <laughs> But yo, you could get some real interesting oh, social I, I go, media I go, I, stuff. I, I, I go toe to toe on, on, on benches, one hundred benches, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 I'd, I'd have fun but with that. I agree with the idea of big corporate, the way it's been done in that regard. Nah, but the small scale YouTube version is litty. That's where it's like people like me with cameras like mine, having opinions like mine, debating with other people like me. And it's kind of like a step back to a more authentic version. So I don't necessarily want to go the like TV version of it, but I think there's something to be said for people creating content that is meant and designed to be surrounding issues all the time. Mm -hmm. Where it becomes sure. like... Or even like you could make uh, like ideas I've been thinking of is what like a weekly web series could be what social service in your neighborhood did you not know existed this week because the government's website's real trash. And then you literally find like available community groups and stuff like there are there's a lot I've learned about NDG in the last five months, to be honest, or four months. Or yeah, there's there's, there's 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 there, you're, you're, you know, that, that's another that's another good point that you raised like. 
you know, there has to be a better vehicle and mechanism for us to communicate what's actually happening in our community. And, uh, you know, there's, there's programs for children, there's sports programs, there's activities, athletic programs. Um, you know, the Benny Sports Complex, uh, in spite of all its failings, has programs available for its citizens and residents. And, you know, uh, and, you know, these are these these need to be communicated. And there's also the uh, West Haven Community Center. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, uh, they they uh, do good work down there. Yeah, I have and, a friend who's a sound engineer, and he's working with the kids to like get them into Twitch and stuff. Like, so all this stuff is really yeah. there, but nobody knows and it there's, exists. There's there's the Walkley Community Center, but also on Walkley. Um, so there's 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 stuff happening in our borough, but uh, you know, again. Um, how do you reach people? How do you communicate what's going on? These are challenges, right? I think it's a challenge for the administration. What's I think that? it's also a conversation for people like me to have with people like me, <clears throat> to be yeah. honest. Like, I think you, I think that if you would continue this, this, this platform, which I encourage you to do. Well, the uh, platform's not going anywhere. I mean, like, like for me, right, I have well, my own missions uh, with it. But yeah, I understand. But, you know, it, inclined, interview people. Yeah. Right. To like, well, to me, this was like a good stepping stone to get out of being pigeonholed into hip hop and like move into like this is just an interview show where mostly I care about hip hop. Pigeon pigeonhole. I like that. I it's, like it's that a, word or that expression I should say. It's kinda yeah, like because, the fear of, of any kind of niche is that you get stuck in it and nobody can see you in a different way. So Yeah. Well this 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 is this is, you know, a a, a dynamic that I also um uh, experience as as a local public figure and politician is that people want to pigeonhole me in certain places. And you know, people say, you're left or you right. You know, one of the best uh, compliments I received from somebody online is, you know, Alex, I follow you online and like, I haven't been able to figure out whether you're left, right, center. I just, you're, you're, you're like over, all over the place. And I, I really, that was the most, comp, that was the most, that was to me the, one of the nicest things that anybody had said to me because I, I want to see myself as being uh, I have a pragmatic and I'm a businessman. Uh, like I believe uh, in the importance of a business as being profitable, productive, uh, and, and but I also believe that um, businesses uh, have a responsibility to be good good citizens, and I believe in social programs. I believe in helping people who are in a tough spot who need help. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I really don't have much tolerance for people who abuse the system because you abuse the system and you you basically. Um, uh, you're uh, um, taking resources away from people who really need the help. So, um, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm a, I, 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 I um, uh, you know, sympathize with the frustrations of automobilists in, in this borough. There's a lot of problems related to traffic, congestion, construction. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we all need to work together to uh, explore other modes of, modes of transport, cycling, walking, and get people out of their cars and walking because first of all, it's not it's not healthy for us to be so sedentary, and uh, also it, it will help us as a community um, to build business and uh, encourage our local business owners and entrepreneurs. But um, yeah, yeah, I feel that. So uh, on that note, <laughs> I think I think I've got to uh, say good night because um, my wife my wife's giving me the evil eye because. It's way past our dinner time, and I didn't really tell her about this. <laughs> and like I said, <laughs> the price and cost of being involved in politics. I and hear you. Um, I love my wife, 
and she's a wonderful woman and um very good to me nah, i appreciate that I, it's it, I, I i'm was, very lucky i was like yeah it's very getting lucky. to that point too am i yeah. but i appreciate you coming but hold in hold in i love you man i'm hugging you right now you get that there there's you. the hug man there's the hug man i'm hugging you you you're a great guy I like you. I'm so happy you were able to come over and uh, see uh, the the train. I was really nice to share it with you. I really like sharing it. So if anybody's interested in seeing it, I'm very open to that. I I always like having kids over, um, and um, yeah, and I more than encourage you, Holden. Are you listening to yeah, me? Listening. I'm going to look in my camera because that's the only way I can look you in the eye. There you go. I encourage you, sir, to continue with this exercise. Yeah. You are doing good. This is a good thing you're doing. I appreciate that. I remember, I remember I discussed that we all have to make sacrifice for the community. You know, we all have to pay our dues. You are paying your dues, sir. I appreciate that. I salute that. you. I salute you. I mean, to me, it's it's not like it's a bad move in my life, <laughs> but I'd say it's 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 good, and I appreciate all I, that. I, I think I, I think I'll even try to create an end scale version of you put you on the layout that's awesome <laughs> but sure, i appreciate all of the people watching it too because everyone yeah. that would be cool though, actually I'm, I'm really kind of <laughs> like that but um uh but like at the end of the day i appreciate all the people who watched it though because yes like, yo i mean Thank for me it's much. like a show right if that chat number was at two i might not have been in so enthused to keep running it as long kind of thing so like right. that part encourages me that people want to be invested in, in watching it i mean it's going to be on youtube and stuff after so for all the people watching it in the future i appreciate you too like follow subscribe comment whatever whatever all those good how stuff how do you do that is, is is that the heart is that how you do it I, Wait, I think it's like this. I, I, I've never been. I've never been good at this. I think it's this. Like this, yeah. Whatever. I ah, whatever. I've never really done that before. <laughs> it's, it's, it's become cliche. So let's let, let's just leave it leave it at that. It's, it's all, all right. Good. Cool. But yeah, I appreciate everyone coming yeah. uh, and I'm, vote. Vote, vote, yeah, vote, no, vote, 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 vote. Make vote, sure you're vote, registered vote, vote, vote. to vote apparently, because that's complicated too. Alrighty. Later. Live long and prosper, everyone. Oh, yeah, I like that one. That one I like. Yeah. Live long and prosper. Yes, there we go. That's definitely. I can still do it. I can still do it. I love Star Trek. Thank you.